back to Get With The Programming as we start our 2014 edition of Analyzing the CrossFit Games. I'm Chase Ingram. I'm Captain America. And I'm with Bill Grundler. And we have a very special guest, the prettiest man that I know, Mr. Roy McKernan. Hey, bud. It's so what, good to see you. Oh, what you um, yeah, I know. We need to get a... See. It went Captain America, Wolverine, and then pretty? I have like, like a random... <laughs> I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. That's the only other one I got. That's the (laughs) that's representative of 2020. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Roy, hey, dude, thanks for being here. Um, I think when we started, gosh, when when was the um, what was that 24 hour United in Movement thing we did? When was that? Yeah, four and a half years ago. It feels like it, something like that. (laughs) And I think it was probably four and a half months ago. And uh, yeah, to the day. But uh, we were talking about this is is because we just started our podcast. Me and Bill did, and I asked you, I was like, "What was your favorite year ever at the CrossFit Games?" And you told me 2014. And here we are in 2014. Boom. And as Rory asks and Rory gets. <laughs> but, uh, dude, I'm, I'm so happy you're here. It's good to see you. It's good to hear from you. I know we've we've shared a lot of memories in the past that we uh, we were just kind of talking off chat about. But I, I know you're in Cookville now and you're doing a lot of stuff with Mayhem. So let's like give us a little what's going on with your life. How's Mayhem going? There's a lot of things. I know. So I know it's a longer answer, but what's up, man? Um. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really, really excited for you guys and been stoked to watch um, your your very quick ascendancy and um, making a, a splash in the space. Um, how's Cookville, man? It's awesome, as you can imagine. I feel like especially, I feel like we, no offense, Bill, we escaped California like right, right <laughs> before Corona. And um, I just feel like we're living in a completely different universe. Like, um, what I mean by that is mostly that like, it's, it's a bit naturally socially distanced. Like I can go out on my back porch of that land for the first time. And, uh, and then also in some of the business operations, like obviously the precautions are in place, but, um, I'm coming to the office on a daily basis and I get to do, um, some workouts socially distanced, but with, with the homies and, um, yeah, it's, it, it's a really cool pace of life. And, uh, so the, in the big picture cook feels amazing and all the other details you can imagine, like got to do my first train with rich while I lived here. Um, and just kind of plugging into the things that these guys do. And I'm like, wow, it's, it's not made for television. This actually is a really <laughs> fun place to live. So different. I miss the beach, but, um, but life is really good. I don't know, man. I saw the slip and slide that you guys were doing. That's what I was about like, to ask. I mean, you kind of are like in like a Disneyland CrossFit land with, <laughs> with Rich's house and stuff like how, I mean, it just seems like there's this cool little group commune of fit fun. Like, how does he build that like that to where, <laughs> and how do you slide into something like that? How do you fit um, in to uh, that world? You know? Well, Bill, I like to consider myself a little bit of a chameleon, <laughs> you know, just a, one of my be like water, Bill, cool. um, be like water. How do you fit in? I well, I certainly don't fit in when we work out at the barn. That's for certain. <laughs> I stick out like a sore thumb because I'm the guy who's like triple time capped. Um, but uh, yeah, they, how do they how do they create it? Shoot, man, I think that it's just decades of being a good person, right? Like it was really cool to see is um, professionally, Rich's team are like people that grew up with Rich, mm-hmm. and, and and I mean that literally, like his friends from childhood, a lot of them, uh, cousins, family. Um, people. And, and I think that, you know, at first they were just like any of us, like uh, 
for those viewers or listeners who don't know, me and Bill went to our level one together. That's where I met Bill Grunler. Was sitting next to him at my level one. I didn't know you guys did it together. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, level then, one and, and just, level two. Yeah, and then just by happenstance, got in the same level two as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, competed at the 2009 regionals head to head. Um, oh, yeah. but same. So same as that. Like these were people who were just like, oh, CrossFit sounds cool. I like working out. And then, of course, Rich was like, wow, I'm pretty good at this. And uh, <laughs> yeah. the rest bit. is history in terms of, uh, well, we'll speak about part of that, uh, an important part of that history today. But um, it just grew and grew and grew. And so what's refreshing for me to see is all the people that you're talking about, like his circle are folks who, who were there with him for the ride. It's crazy. Now, yeah, with like a magnet, he's a magnet for those people. It's gosh. crazy how he set that up. That four, uh, I, I remember you post about that Fourth of July and that thing. I've never had more FOMO annually <laughs> than seeing Rich's uh, slip and slide. Like, man, that is, yeah, that's a bucket I've seen thing. that set up, and it's like, and at first, like you know, first time I was like, nah, man, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get involved. Like, let the kids do it. But then once the grown ups start going down, you're like, all right, I need a piece. Of it. <laughs> let me try it. Let me try it out. Yeah, but I don't see. I don't see there being a big split between the kids doing it and then the adults, i.e., rich Just kids. Like and I've bigger seen kids. Rich in like the after parties and stuff like that. He's a big kid. Yeah, he's running around wanting to hit people in the nuts and you know poking people and it's like, Woo, let's play. And he's like, that's what Rich does, you know, like. So I don't see a, a big difference between the kids or the adults playing. Other than maybe you mean like drinking. you mean like maturity level. It's more of like a it's more of like a physical danger if they get in our way while we're sliding down on the tube. Ah, uh, yeah, like, okay, copy that. Get I got that. Got 200, 210 pounds in my man meat could just like sliding at thirty miles an hour. You know, I'm like I'm gonna kill a child. Oh man, that's more of what I meant. But yeah, on the, in terms of uh, uh, maturity level, we're probably yeah right there. It's awesome. Perfect. Super fun. Perfect. Now specifically with Mayhem. Now you are working with them. Exactly what? Are you doing with Mayhem in terms of, you know, I don't know if it's like whether it's in the gym and maybe some coaching or is it more on the um, kind of the social media side or the, the, the vlog side? Uh, what are you doing with Mayhem now specifically? Yeah. What exactly is it say that you would say that you do here? What is it <laughs> um, do here? <laughs> um, so Called I'm, out. <laughs> yeah, I am officially Rich Froning's agent. So I represent oh, Rich. Oh, wow. Uh, that regard in terms of business relationships. And uh, honestly, man, it's um, in a great way. It's a lot of people wearing a lot of hats. So I've plugged mm -hmm. into that mostly in terms of business development, official relationships with partners. And um, we're doing some really exciting new stuff with um, their already robust online training program that obviously predates me by um, a long time. But we're going to do some really cool media additions to that in order to make it more robust because obviously like Many people like to train the way that Rich does. Um, and you'd be surprised even uh, folks who are really just getting into fitness are really gravitated towards him. So making offerings that kind of pitch the entire quad. And uh, and that's, as you guys know, I love to storytell. I love to be involved in that kind of stuff. So a lot of a lot of what we're doing is just having fun and, and making sure that we show it to the world as well. Well, I think that's the perfect segue to get into what we're here to get into. And that is... Analyzing the 2014 CrossFit Games, we just finished 2013 with Josh Bridges, and I think we were joking uh, yesterday with our texts, it's like, this show could last about four hours. Like, We had to really reel our stories in in 2015 with Josh. He gave a, a really fun behind-the-scenes look, so if you guys haven't listened to that, go check out 2013. And we go to 2014, and um, you know, I usually lead this off as... Our fun part that we're doing here is to go through the programming, kind of look 
back at our history. How were the tests involved? Who were the athletes? But the big thing that me and Bill are really excited about is that, you know, we just wanted to look back at some of our favorite events ever in the 13 going on 14 years of the CrossFit Games. So when this is all said and done, we're going to select, uh, I can't remember the number, we like our top 30 CrossFit Games events of all time, just personal for him, personal um, for myself. And then do a one show of like this knockout head bracket, head to head of our, our favorite CrossFit Games events of all time where it's completely subjective cool. and biased. And so I want to unofficially invite you onto that mega episode if you do want to be oh, a part nice. of that. Yes, um, I'm I, thinking about invitation accepted. I'm thinking about getting Sweet. the uh, Talking Elite Fitness Boys in, and we can have a mega episode where we kind of all inject our top 40, we whittle it down the most common 30, and then we just go head to head, and we'll have that nice five person tiebreaker. I think that'll be. A, I'd love that because in in, in the non fitness sense, I've been doing my best to always tear down Tommy Marquez's choices <laughs> in his top. Three. Like in, in cereal, like he chose Cheerios was in his top three for cereal, and like I was plain like, Cheerios. Bro, Boring. Right. Get your head back on your shoulders. You're an intelligent human being. <laughs> It'll be good. Cheerios. Good lord. But yeah, so Come I'm on. excited to do Golden that. Golden grams. And so, okay, so let's let's let's, let's go down that road. But there's one called O's. O H apostrophe S. The oh, best yes. that was ever invented. Like it, it can. Don't you buy? I think you buy that at Mega Foods that or something like those Mega grocery outlet time. ones. It's boutique. <laughs> so when, you it on, when you see it on the shelves, you're like, OMG. Life oh, has begun, man. and I'm sorry, I digress. Go ahead with the show. You're good. Like this is, <laughs> I, I told you, it's gonna be a four-hour episode today. So we want to say dive right in. We'll talk about event number one of the 2014. Ooh, dive right in, yeah, you like one? that? Dive dang. right in because they're going to the look beach. That, look at that hosting ability right there. <sighs> Diving, swimming, event wow. one, boom. And I'll throw things off by telling a story that has nothing to do with people actually doing fitness. It was I tested the swim portion of this event and usually the tests involve you know back in the days when i was fit enough to be an athlete to test things dave would call me usually for a swim event and the first event dealt with the beach and what it involved was he picked me up from the airport drove to the beach and said put your suit on and swim around the pier and that was it. That was the, that was the extent of the testing. Right. So he just, I, I arrived in California, hopped in a truck, deck changed on the beach. And if you guys don't know what that means out in the world, it means putting a towel around you and derobing in front of the public. And then with no warm up whatsoever, I just kind of jumped out in the water and, and swam the pier when we but, got a time. Wait, I was there for that one, right? No, you were there for the, uh, the paddleboard one. Gotcha. Uh, which I wasn't there for. So you got to test that whole event out. So that, that was me testing the event and we figured out how long it would take and what type of swims they won. But the beach did not just involve a swim. It actually involved three movements. One was a swim of 250 yards. And we'll always say ish, like we've said before, that swim distances at the CrossFit Games are, have a big asterisk next to them. <laughs> Uh, 50 kettlebell thrusters at 35 and 24 pounds, 30 burpees, 500 meters or yard swim, 30 burpees, 50 kettlebell thrusters, and a 250-yard swim. And this was, I believe, and Bill, you might know this, or, or Rory too, it's like, I believe there was a shark sighted within a mile or 800 meters of the pier, like 30 minutes before the event were to start. And the production team had a dedicated camera just in case 
the shark entered <laughs> entered I mean, the which, arena. Which is great that they have the camera. And this is the problem with having like shark stuff like that is, okay, you, you got some eyes out there. Then what are you going to do? Yeah, we captured the death. Hey, on you in the water. <laughs> hey, there's a shark behind you. Right. Uh, what are you going to do? Out swim the shark? You know, it's right. not going to happen. And the other ironic thing, too, is like and it's all made for television, right? Like we, we've been in the in the seat of trying to make it exciting and like surprise there's a shark in the pacific ocean right like, right i know <laughs> we, we we already knew that they were there right they probably were there at all the other swims as well other than the pool but like probably always there anyway oh yeah. and i don't i don't remember if that was the year i almost felt like 2011 was the year that we actually got the shark on tape but yeah there, there's just one of many things that happened right remember when uh neil maddox got stung by a jellyfish or by, oh uh, yeah the, the stingray by stingray yeah yeah exactly. yeah that guy always had something weird happen to him <laughs> 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 uh, fun athlete to watch his trajectory yes um all right yeah, so the, event number one the beach number one now i think the the big thing coming in was you know this was rich's fourth year he said this is the last time i'm going individual so he'd already won three in a row so there's a lot of pressure on him to you know go out with a bang and, and try to get first and what we knew is that in the previous year during the pool swim he got 30th place so we're like oh okay this is not going to be a good start for rich and so the beach swim goes, and no surprise, your, your top three guys, two of them were swimmers in college on the men's side. Jordan Troyan wins. Yonikoski gets second. Josh Bridges gets third. But I think the big thing that shocked everybody was Rich getting eighth on, Crushed the, it. on the men's side. And on the women's side for this event, I think it was just crushed by all the, uh, where is this? It was all the swimmers. Yeah, all, all the swimmers this was, again. This was like the big comeback year for China Cho. Oh, oh, that's man, totally. right. Yeah. yeah, Anna Tobias gets first, but China Cho gets second. Yeah, this was huge because she, I think she competed in 2010 and then kind of disappeared, disappeared a little bit. And then when she came back in 2014. It didn't disappear, dude. She was like a, uh, she was like Bill Grundler-ish in her, in her abilities to miss at regionals by like a point or two. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, like she, she kept coming so damn close and yeah. not, getting back, not getting back, not getting back. So this was a really triumphant year for her as far as I remember it. And, and I feel like she just never looked back when she, when she made that. Um, so yeah, China Cho gets second, Cara Saunders gets third. But again, the big thing was Rich getting uh, eighth. And I think that at the time put anybody, everybody on notice like, oh, well, shoot. We don't get to start with the big uh, buffer lead that we thought we would. Yep. Um, so they had the offsite swim in the morning, and then they went back. And I believe Bill was this was a Wednesday, right? They did the old uh, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday yep, off. The classic, the Wednesday, the break on Thursday, and then hit the weekend after that. Yeah. So we had the fun swim, and then we go back to the stadium, and we go completely opposite side of the spectrum. We have a one rep max overhead squat, and. That was cool because we haven't really gone oh, to the that stadium. It? Were you talking about the swim? Yeah, I mean, that was it. That was like that was that was the swim talk. Yeah, that was. The I think that talk. was I, okay. Go back to that. <laughs> Thanks, Rory. That was like I think one of the best swim events that there were. When you actually had a swim and then activity that you had to do. Um, oh, like movements because involved because in it. I mean, CrossFit. We saw them swim in the pool the year before, and they sucked <laughs> so bad, so bad. And then all of a sudden you get to this to where now you have to be breathing hard before you even hit the water. Yes. You know, yeah. with the with the thrusters and the burpees. That was such a huge like tweak in what was going on. It wasn't just do a couple bar muscle ups, it was thrusters and burpees. Oh, now like those an and there was workout. actually some surf there that day. If you watch the videos, these guys are doing it, just 
pummeled by the water. And, and I like, I love the fact also there was, there was like no padding. So it was like, Hey, no, just do your burpees in the sand. You'll be fine. Yeah, totally. like <laughs> super, super gritty and in your face, which is like, I can't, I, I wouldn't do a burpee in the sand if you paid me. No, uh, maybe hard pack <laughs> sand. And the only, the only behind the scenes memory that I wanted to give is that like, I told you this is my favorite year, Chase. I yes. had some previous years that were like pretty heinous in terms of um, just, you know, work, workflow. Let's call them workflow issues, I yes. suppose. But we show up to this games. I'm in like fancy Mizzen and Main shirt, barefoot <laughs> in the sand in, on a beautiful California, Southern California day to start my week at the games. And I was like, I made it. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is my job right now. I'm, I'm going to be on ESPN and I'm barefoot in the sand doing a field report. So I remember loving that. Um, it was funny though. I went back to, I went back to relive it a little bit and bill, <laughs> I did not know this until today to, to right now on YouTube, our entire rehearsal is published. Yes, on it is. So oh no way! Yes, it is. So you, they still haven't took it down. Rehearse. I thought it was starting, and so it's from Sean Woodland. Oh, it's a day at the beach, but it won't be easy. And they go through the whole thing. I do a field report, and then you hear the producer. It goes black, and I think it was Kathy Elder. Mm -hmm. She's just like, "Okay, we got forty-five. We got," and you hear all the mess ups and everything. Sean's like. Sean's like, wait, we're not doing that. All right. Yep. <laughs> and then it starts over, and I was like, oh my god, that was the that was the rehearsal. It was, and then even like while I'm field reporting, the producer's <laughs> voice is coming through the live feed. It's like, you got a one one minute left. <laughs> so good. So, although this was a year, like my my general thoughts on the year, like this is the first year I felt we went big time. Like we actually did live hours on yes. ESPN. Yeah. But, uh, it was a good reminder that even though we thought that we were still sort of bush league in some ways. So amateur, professional yeah. amateurs. That was funny. I totally forgot about that, that, um, that YouTube video. I mean, I was like, you think they would have just kind of scrubbed the first part a little bit, maybe, maybe but, you know, they, um, they want to keep and it And then my uh, last thing is, is the, uh, the old Jordan Troyan, you know, I love, oh, man, I, it was kind of, I guess you, you had this in previous years. You guys have probably talked about it. Like Sam Dancer loses the run, wins the deadlift, mm -hmm, but right. I, it was always fun to watch Jordan Troyan's like just yes. mass ascendancy <laughs> and then just lawn dart like once we started getting back into it. And he improved tremendously over the years. But mm -hmm. I remember the first year he showed up. And so this is his second swim win, I think. Yep. Yeah. And he won the swim and you saw his eyes just sort of big like when you realize what that meant. He's yes. like, yeah. Oh, now I'm in the first heat or the fourth heat. Copy. Yes. Yeah. This, uh, <laughs> but it was he always even ping pongs even Jordan harder Troyan. this year, though. That's what's so crazy. I that mean, we'll get to true. it. First to last, to, what is he? Second, I think in the the triple three. Yeah, he a he huge went bouncing ball, huge up and down. So yeah, swim I apologize good. for preemptively going past the swim. Sorry to interrupt because that was actually <laughs> I forgot about that that YouTube video. Oh man. Okay, so we we leave the beach. We go to the stadium, the tennis stadium, and I think that's the first time we've gone to the tennis stadium on a Wednesday. We go there Wednesday night, and they have the one rep max overhead squat. And I really liked what they did because they would bring out all the athletes. And how many, did they get two or three attempts? Three attempts? It was three. It was three total. Three attempts. Three but total. This was the first time. This is the first time that I remember. At least one at a game. time. I'm sure it happened at regionals, at least with an overhead squat. Yeah, it happened at regionals too. But, like, I loved where it was, like, one platform, one athlete, yeah. all eyes on you. They would mm. circle around the, they'd yeah. circle around the, uh, the floor. So everyone got the like all eyes on them. So no pressure, yep. i.e. Jordan Torian. <laughs> and some, and some gaming too. Like you yes. could you didn't have to declare your weight per se. So like I think it was uh no, I know it was CLB one or she took second place by a point. Yep. Because somebody else she Carl saw the weight and she was like, Oh, I'm putting a pound on. 
You want oh, to that's right. No, it was uh, her over Amanda Goodman and uh, Akinwali, I think. No, no, no. Yeah. Cassidy Lance. Cassidy Lance. Yep. Okay, so here's so on the women's side, you have look at this. Okay, so seventh. So Gretchen Kittleberger. Here's a throwback name. She went two thirty seven, and then Lauren Fisher bumped her by one pound, and then Akinwali bumped her by two. And then Cassidy Lance and Manny Goodman go up by one, so that 241. Camille bumps by another pound. And then Cara went out there and just smashed everybody and did eight pounds heavier than everyone. So <laughs> Cara Saunders and, and honestly, wins. to this day, like I'm, I'm sure she's improved despite childbearing and all that kind of stuff. But, like, I, I mean, I'd be really, really, really happy if I overhead squatted 250 pounds right now. Yes. Yeah, and that would be fantastic. weight back then, 2014. And on the men's side is the infamous tie between Rich and Matt. And so that was probably the weirdest move I've seen Rich do in terms of <laughs> so gangster. competing that he tied Matt's weight. Because I think Matt went well no, ahead. No, no, happened. no. But see, but that was the second, that was the second round that he tied because he tried to hit the 400. Oh, that's Because yes, this that's is right. where, and this is, I love, what I loved about this I year. I did like that a lot. Everybody. Everybody was gunning for second. Like Rich was the champ and no one was trying to get Rich other than Tommy Hackenbrook. And Tommy's like, yes. Rich, I'm coming for you, bro. I'm coming for you. So uh, Tommy gets up there, hits, uh, what was it, 376. Yeah, 376. He tries 400, misses it. Mm -hmm. Rich gets 477, ties Matt on the second round. That was Matt's third. I think it was the 377. They, they, were, in they were in different heats. So Matt was in the Oh, third. that's right. Because oh. of, of the swim. That's right. That's right. Um, Rich tried 400 on the last one also. So I think that's why. I mean, he, he could have upped him and got it. But I, even in the interview, he said, he's like, I, we're here for a show, man. And, yeah. and that's what the big talk was, hitting 400, you yep. know? Could have taken the win. True. Chose not to. But went for the show. True. Went for the show. <laughs> I, yeah. Just gangster. Love it. It was, I think, to me, it was, like, surprising to see him try to do it that big. Because usually, like, Rich would be like, what's the weight? Put a pound on there. I'll take yeah. the win. But when he went for 400, I was like, this is something I really like seeing out of Rich because you're right. It was like Rich's MO at the time, it was always just, just getting the just win. Just enough. Right? Let me just get the W, collect my 100 points, and then I'll see you on the top of the podium at the end of the weekend. But to see him like try to dominate people in like a massive way was something new. So that was, that was cool to see. And I think that was... Uh, the last time we saw him do that for a couple of days. <laughs> well, and I don't think, yeah, totally. He had a rough, he had a rough go after that. But I think what was cool about that event was you never heard, there was a lot of talk about who's going to hit 400. Like that was an actual discussion people mm -hmm. were having. You don't, you didn't see that in like the clean and jerk when they did the clean and jerk or when they've done any of those other events, it was, there was a specific number that was thrown out there that started this buzz and i didn't see that in any other events i still haven't seen any other events like okay well who's gonna get this who's gonna get that you know what's the big weight gonna be this was the first time i ever saw that so when tommy stepped up rich stepped up i i love in sport when people are gonna go head to head and be like let's go yes. come on i want to i want to go with you right now and that's when we we finally saw that on the weekend. I that man, I was I was so fired up that night because of that with Tommy and Rich. That that was super cool to super cool to watch. Yeah, and um for for new fans and and uh, <clears throat> folks who have not been watching for a long time, it's worth going back and watching because this this is the first kind of 
well, at that point, none of us, Bill, me, you, nobody was, nobody was talking about Froning versus Fraser because nobody was talking uh, about Fraser, period. No, no. We were impressed with this performance, but it's fun to see Fraser with a little baby face. Like, oh, dude, you oh, won't even yeah. recognize him. You won't even recognize him. Like, he looks like a little kid. Yep. And we, we were talking about this earlier, me and Chase, where we're, he's, he, it's like he's practicing his double fist pump. Mm-hmm. He does a couple mm-hmm. of those, and he's like, is, is this... I think I think I like this. I think yeah. this is pretty good. I think I'm gonna go with this one. Right. And then he just hammers it thumbs, out. Thumbs, thumbs. <laughs> straight out. Yeah. You know I mean? I think, I, yeah, right here. Little, yeah. yeah, there we go. Oh man. Yeah, you're right. But, you, but for that reason, you can tell it's from the heart. Yes. You know I mean? Totally. Like, yeah. I can't make up my can't make up my guttural instinctive celebration. But um <laughs> yeah, looking back, that was that was their first kind of uh showdown of the year. Yeah, I mean the first and only showdown between Matt and and rich but that weekend i felt like it and bill you're talking about this like i felt like that whole weekend it was matt and tom or uh, rich and tommy because like tommy was outwardly outspoken to try to take down rich and it was a lot of fun kind of back and forth and, and for a couple days trash, but he but he was irrelevant to the competition a hundred percent that that's that's towards totally the true. end like, of the weekend the, yes. he was the voice he was the one that was vocally saying and, and when he had his chance like when it was an event that was going to suit him, then he was like, that's when he yeah. would look over at Rich and be like, all right, let's go. <laughs> he wasn't really in the running necessarily, but uh, when he had a shot, but still no one else he was got doing his punches that. in. There. Nobody was doing that. Okay. So we close out Wednesday. Rich is sitting on top of the leaderboard by a lot. And you're like, well, crap. Because usually, even like um, yeah. the last couple, 2013, especially like, Rich had to crawl out of a deep hole that he dug himself for the first couple of days of competition. And now you're sitting here, it's like, oh, well, he's leading by 40 points or something like that. And then we go to Friday morning, one of my favorite events, shocker, the triple threes. And this is when the whole world stopped because Rich also stopped running. (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, it's that famous video clip and, you know, Bill, you were a part of that call is that, you know, you're yeah. watching this event go and it was, um, 3000 meter row, 300 double unders, and then a three mile run. And it yeah. was, it was a cool setup. Like, uh, I think it was a mass start. Was it a mass start? Everybody, everybody, men and women all going at the same time. Like, up uh, what, how many athletes are 80 plus rowers out yeah. there? Yeah. And they're mats with their names on them. And so, like, everyone's rowing and doing double honors and then going out for the run. And, you, you know, you it starts and you watch Jace Scalipa just rip on the rower again, after, you know, especially coming off the <laughs> double win he had last year on the half marathon in 2K. And, you know, guys are going with him and, you know, Rich is keeping up. And But, man, you get to the run and then we see watching Rich walk multiple times in that last part was i couldn't believe it you know yeah. and, and i mean he'll say the same thing but like i just remember the feeling i had when <laughs> when he started walking i was like oh no like yeah what is what happening happened? and you know well, i'm sure he well, was and it wasn't, the same and it wasn't even just walking it was hands on top of his head and you know his, his eyes were looking at like his body language was okay and no, i'm not i'm not i can't play this game right yeah, now yeah so was, we had no idea nobody knew what was happening nobody yeah, knew what was, it was happening. run then walk then run then walk and like <clears throat> clearly someone who was struggling yes it, yeah I, 
kind of crescendo to the point where, of course, we've all got ears on and people are talking behind the scenes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Get the, get the cameras on Rich. You know, this is crazy. And so everybody's like, um, you know, already kind of losing it. But I remember the female leaders were about to lap him. <laughs> yeah. And, and so the camera's on him and he keeps on, he's running, running, running. He turns and looks over his shoulder and sees him. And uh, I think, you know, Sean was calling it. And you were, Bill, you were there yeah. calling it as well. It was like, all right, like <laughs> they, they're going to pass him if he stops again. He stops again, got a <laughs> glass of water. And you're like, oh, damn. Oh, man. Yeah. That worst, was worst finish in history for him. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. And completely unforeseen. Cause like you, like we said, he was on this, he was on this massive trajectory. And so, um, you I mean, know, we had basically one of crowned the interesting him. things that I think is, is the year, the year prior was the burden run. Correct. Yes. Yep. Okay. So the, so the year before we saw this kind of rebuilt Khalifa where it was, yes, uh, he did fantastic in the road and he did really good in the burden run and people started talking about what the hell is he doing? Yeah. But I think it was, um, it was this year, like when rich hit this wall and then sought out uh, Hinshaw you know, I think, I think this is a big part of like the introduction of the concepts of aerobic capacity and Chris Hinshaw's mark on the sport. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, th- I think that really came to light here when, cause you know, Rich, um, I'll ask him about it. I should have asked him before this conversation, but, um, any time that I had asked him about it, like then or in the past, he's like, I, I, I just had a hole. Like, okay, I had a but hole. wasn't, but wasn't that, uh, they just adopted their baby girl. And it was like, I think they just got her. They had her for like a couple weeks of that. So, and like, nobody yeah. really knew that. Like that wasn't out there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Until we found out. So it's like, oh, so you're, you're playing new dad right now. So you're up, your sleep is crap. You're not doing your normal routine, but you're still trying to be your, the same athlete. Like, wasn't that kind of what played into, I mean, it was, it was hot that day. I mean, there were other athletes that would stop like on the team, the teams that were running and stuff like that too. Um, it was I, figured more, that uh, I think it was more honestly stressful at that point because they weren't certain that they were going to be able to oh, that's right keep oh, keep that's right yeah. their daughter um i don't know how, how exactly did you say that but um yeah so that there was the stress of it um and then kind of like the big ethereal breath of, of relief whenever um that news kind of came to them but um no man i i honestly think that it was that he didn't have that capacity yeah in that i think he said he he tried, he, pay, he tried to pace inappropriately that's exactly yeah, yeah. yeah i think he said he tried to yeah. keep up with kalipa which um, when it comes to a row it's just a terrible idea <laughs> i i mean i as far as an event like i i know that you have to have a long one in there uh, this I'm is just, long i like what it is i like how it looks on paper i don't like the event <laughs> i don't like those kind of i will take the complete opposite side of the stance there <laughs> for you <laughs> said i saw this as like oh this is great this is like gives me a warm aerobic capacity hug yeah. and it feels so right yeah. so okay yeah. yeah and it was it was interesting to see the skills and everything too it was a good this is a great example for me of understanding that um I really do think that Dave has a uniquely good mind for this. Oh man, mm. huge! Um, and it's when, monostructural without being straight monostructural, you know. Right. And it, yeah, because yeah, because when I at first glance out, the same same reaction as Bill, I'm like, it sucks. It's gonna be kind of boring, whatever. But then watching it play out and seeing, you know, like again, had this event not been there, what what else would it have been that made the game dramatic or made Rich actually right. have a challenge to face or some right. sort of you know demons he's got to chase down. And I think yeah. one thing to note, so Rob Forte wins 33.03. That is so fast. Dude. If no one's ever done this event, losing. go do it and realize how fast that is. On yeah. the women's side, Kristen Holta. So I think that's, is this her first year? 
at the games? Uh, yeah, I believe. Uh, I think it was. Yeah. So she wins at 36. And now, you know, we've had a long swim event. We've had a long triple three. And one name that was missing this year because of um, a handstand walk is the your 2013 champ. <laughs> the returning champ. Which is Sam yeah. Briggs. You know, it's like usually this would be a clear and ahead one for Briggs. But she ended up missing this year after winning the games the previous year. That That's when, you know, we're going to do a 2014 regional recap after we go through all this. And that 2014 year was crazy that on was the crazy. regional side. That's a story in and of itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's covered lightly in a book called Daughter about uh, the Catherine Davis daughter story. If you guys haven't seen it yet, you can find it on Amazon. This is a plug. Um, <laughs> Wait, is it? <laughs> but, but no, that, that, that regional, not just because of a uh, cat, but also because cat's mm -hmm. kind of final kind of cat's kind of last stand where she didn't actually make it to the podium mm -hmm. would have Sam as well because, or sorry, no, vice versa. If Sam would have made it, there would have been one spot opened up because she was a previous champion oh. and that would have opened up another spot. So you would have Catcher and then Sam at the games. Yeah. Oh, wow. Spot at the end of those regionals. Yeah. Gosh, that was, that was nuts. So, um, that was triple three, and then we moved from basically we used the whole con concourse or compound for that. We moved to the soccer stadium, where we have the infamous slash controversial slash whatever you want to call it <laughs> sprint sled um, kind of back to back um, event. And what it was was I remember it was just a sled sprint across the football field. It's like a hundred yard sled sprint. There's no weight. It was this weird design. It kind of looked like a stealth fighter back in the day. Totally. You guys remember those things. Yeah. I remember the athletes testing this out prior to the event. Maybe it was like prior to the, the weekend even starting and seeing the sled. I'm like, what is so hard <laughs> about this sled? It's like, it's not weighted. It's tiny. It's this, this little aerodynamic, you know, triangular push. And then you saw people doing the event and you're like, what is happening? Are there hooks in the bottom of this thing that I don't see? Like it was a crazy event across the board and you know, the event itself aside, but like different lanes had different results. Well, that was, and that that's was always, the, that's always the issue when you're talking about sled stuff and we got grass. So you have some issues, but one of the, but the story I have on this one is, so we're all in our broadcast and, and Rory, you may have been with us on this one. We're all in the back talking about what it's going to look like on, on camera. And this is an hour before the event or so, or maybe a couple hours before the event. We're getting all of our notes now. We're talking about how we're going to shoot it, uh, points to hit, blah, blah, blah on the, on the broadcast. And we're going over the standards and it's like, okay, the sled's 95 pounds. They're going to go across the field. And I'm like, okay, what's the weight for the women's? It's a, it's 95 pounds. I'm like, wait, the, they're going to do the exact same weight. And then all of a sudden everyone's kind of looking at each other. Like what the, the time frame is the same. Yeah. The time frame is going to be the same. I'm like, how, how the heck is that supposed to work? So they ended up changing the distance like during the meeting oh. to make it to where it was 60 meters instead of hundred meters. And that was the turnaround. So they didn't have a different weight. They didn't have a 65 pound sled or whatever you would think for the women. So this was happening like right during the time. I'm like, we're, we're going to go on soon. And I remember, I mean, that's how soon they changed it. I had no idea about this. I was doing oh, teams. Man. I didn't do individuals that year. Oh man. There is a, Hey, have you thought about this? <laughs> there's, always, <laughs> there's always a lot of fine tuning that happens. Um, 
So, I mean, that, that's what I remember going into this was, oh, man, what the heck is going to happen? And then once we got that figured out, it was like, okay, that's cool. And then you watch, and you're right. It's the same, it's the same as when they did the dog sled push in the stadium where people would be, like, flying, and all of a sudden it would look like oh, there would be a magnet underneath that sled. And all of a sudden they would just, you know, dead stop. Because if you watch how some of these athletes did it, like Emily Abbott, who won the second part, and Neil, the, Neil Maddox that won both parts, he, Neil picked the thing up. Like, he wasn't pushing it at all. It's like he had his arms straight down. Everyone else was straight ahead. You know, his arms were straight ahead. So he didn't just beat everyone. He smashed everyone on both parts. It, it was unreal. But you watch some of the other athletes pushing in it, and you would have thought that mm. 95 pounds was 950 pounds. Right. Like, it wasn't moving. Thus began the discussion of my lane had more water. This one had dry grass. Talking about this it. one had a conveyor belt. This one had sandpaper. I had the sun in this one, yeah. so the f- blades of grass were pointing towards the north. Leaning the wrong lane way. Six was, <laughs> was Was this the year that they that they talked about um, differences in lanes? Yes. Yeah. 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 For sure. Right. The outside, you know, because they were talking because it was run on the soccer field and. Yep. Uh, for natural drainage, they would say that you have a higher position in the middle of the field and it goes lower to the outside of the field. So the, the water would run to the outside. So the outsides are more wet. And I think it was wow. actually, I think Cole Sager was the one that actually, I mean, he's a football guy. So he mm-hmm. was the one that I heard that from the the description. I, I mean, I, I'm not yeah. a soccer guy or a football guy, so I don't really know that there's a difference other than get on the grass and go do things. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh, huh. But it's a trip because huh. if you go back and watch the video, it isn't like you see a wave where it sets up exactly like that. I mean, you don't see a natural bell curve where everyone in the middle is flying and everyone on the outside is going right. super slow or the right. other way around. So it's it's really hard to make that true. Right. That, uh, Versus that, the, that the one last year where they actually did some analysis. Yeah, and they did. Lanes actually had issues like that's That was compelling for me, but this year, not so much. Um, yeah. If I'm being honest, this event to watch for me, was pretty meh yeah but um what it does represent for me which i'm trying to oh there, there are other examples of this in, in 2014 but um we always give them credit but this is another example of rogue flexing like hey here's a crazy kind of idea <clears throat> sorry can you make it happen and yes. so they they i think they took great lengths to like try and model that after an f4 car and get this really yeah. design oh. to get um, to get a sled down to 95 pounds. I think that, well, I remember from internal conversations, I think we wanted it even lighter than that. You wanted it huh. to be like a true, true sprint, yeah. which it ended up sort of slogging towards the end, obviously. Like yeah. people didn't even finish. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, but I think they wanted it to be a, like even lighter than that. But loving, this is one of the great examples of like, hey, Rogue, we want to do this. And they're like, cool, why don't we fabricate something completely new and unique and you can use it? <laughs> <laughs> they did that a few times. Oh, and speaking of that, this was the first year the Zeus rig made its oh, debut. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So I remember walking yeah. into the soccer stadium in this just massive airplane hangar looking like thing. rig from sideline to sideline. It was like 30 feet high. Oh, man. It just like pure steel. And what was it? Like 17, 18 wheelers it took just to house or transport when, when they measured in tons you're like okay cool, yeah, you yeah. Said enough you know, like. <laughs> i've already clicked off to not understanding how heavy that is i just know that it's heavy that was that was really cool 
And so, Bill, you said on the men's side, sprint sled one and two goes to Neil Maddox. On the women's yeah. side, here's the throwback name, Lauren Brooks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Right? Yeah. yeah she, was, she was funny, man. She, so she, funny. she got first and second, and then on sprint sled two, Emily Abbott gets first on that, edging out Brooks by just about six seconds. So that was one and, and two. And, and what I like, though, but I liked how they set that day up where they had the super long, like, you know, to your point, yes. bro, about how it's kind of a meh. Like, the triple three to me is, eh. Like, it is long. It, there was there was drama in it, yeah. But when you're looking at the overall programming, it, like, it, you need to have mm-hmm. an element like this, sure. you know, in there. You have to have a short, all-out oh, yeah. all blast, send it kind of a thing, and I – even though that maybe the second one wasn't as much of a send as the first one because everyone's so blown up. But I mean, that just shows like what, uh, how damaging a sprint like that can be. But I like that on the same day you have the really long and then the really short. Yes. As far as the test goes anyway, I think that that's a, that's a cool way and to they, put it together. They have actually done that to watch. back and forth. So like they went long on the swim, one rep max on the overhead squat day one. Long on the triple three, the sub-minute, 30-second sprint sled. So they have this, like, you're right, this ping-ponging back and forth. And along with that, we saw Jordan Tryon doing the same thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm, I'm saying that. I'm just jealous. That's, that's all it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we go to, so this is Friday. So Friday night in... Back into the tennis atom, and as you know, we've we've said, especially last uh, on the last episode for 2013, is that the tennis stadium. The more we talked about it, the more I just I miss it yeah, so yeah. much. And the 21159 complex might be one of my favorite workouts of all time because not not just what the event was, right? So let me I'll, let me walk through the event because it, it was. Eight. Lengthy. Yeah, it's lengthy, but it's it's so... In description. Yeah, it's yeah. so beautiful. So I'll, I'll walk through the description. So it was eight deadlifts, seven cleans, six snatches, and you could power everything. At 155 and 115, which added up to 21, and then you'd go to eight pull-ups, seven chest-to-bar, six bar muscle-ups, and that would total your 21. And take the same rep uh, movements, and you go six, five, four, four, three, two. And it just added up to 21 reps of each, but a triplet went, went in and of itself. And to me, the, it sounds super complex when you're describing it, but I loved how he put that together with the movements that he used and being on the pull-up rigs and you see the A-frames in the tennis stadium and it was Friday night and the lights are on. And this is when like, you could not get tickets to the game anymore. And they had to like build extra stands and scoreboards and it was... 2014 I, I was mean, when I, the tennis I stadium. I couldn't more loudly like agree with you at, <laughs> yeah. that I think this is probably one of the best of all times in terms of programming. Uh, when you take into account, especially um, that you're putting on a show mm-hmm. that wants to be enhanced drama, that it needs to look good on television, be able to follow it and see, you know, who's winning, who's losing, um, and then how to how it actually tests fitness. I, I think this is probably one of the best of all time. And yeah, take that add in the sprinkle, the fact that it's a Friday night and Friday night lights. And like you said, you guys probably talked about it on the last show, but for me watching this back was spine tingling. Oh man, totally. And then like, again, making it personal, I will never forget. This was, this is my first live on camera for ESPN. And was it the first time? But yeah. you can remember like, yeah, like, we're going live on television is like 
height of it. I'll, I'll actually, uh, there's a few things that, um, well, I, I remember being like specifically ugly to Sevan Matosian because he was asking me questions and I was comparing in my head. Yeah. I'll never forget like snapping at him and uh, feeling <laughs> bad about it for like years afterwards. But I was like, dude, don't you know what I'm about? Like, I got to get yeah. in the zone. And he was like, oh, oh sorry. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I was a hot mess. But, the, but watching it back, I'm like, damn, what a good show that we were putting on. with. That was so um, cool. Yeah, well, and, and, and I'll add, I'll add one, like that list is exact. I'll totally agree with all, all those points. And I'll add one to that is the way, and this is the programming geekiness that I get into the way that they got to 21, 15 and nine, the way that they, in mm-hmm. Chase, you're, you're similar to me with this at like when you design a workout or design an event or whatever, like it, it has to have a certain look to it. Like there's it we talk about all the time like how it, like this is our little ball of clay and we're building this little sculpture into a, mm-hmm. a the test that we have and if like the 3303 like it has a look to it if you're looking at the triple threes if there was four a four in there you'd be like ah it would make yeah. you feel all weird <laughs> yeah. you know like make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up but the way that the way that dave was able to like I wouldn't have thought to do it like this because even no. when you break it up, it has a, a natural flow, eight, seven, six, six, five, four, four, three, two. Like, it's just, that's super cool. I would have, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have thought to look at it that way. And to see it that way is, is unreal. Um, the, uh, the way it even, played out, huh? <laughs> even from a not nerdy point of view, you know what I mean? Like if yeah. my mom could get into it and be like, Oh, I get it. 21, 15, nine. And like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. really fun to watch. And, uh, well, and know, it's, you- it's so CrossFit because when you hear 21, 15, nine, that is a CrossFit. That's what we do. We do right. 21, 15, nine. That's our interval. If you want right. to talk interval type stuff or whatever, we, we see that everywhere. So the way, the way that it's come up this way with all of the different movements that are in there, you have barbell work, then you have gymnastic work. Um, you go, you know, uh, barbell cycling from one to high skill gymnastic on the other and be able to show some sort of capacity because of the amount of grip that you have to use in, in this particular event. It's just insane. Um, so the way it's set up is beautiful. The, the outcome of the event. Oh man. Yeah. Dude. Uh, yeah. Ri- okay. This was the first time. So Rich's fourth year. And like yeah. we've said, Chase, or he always would do year. just enough. He would always do just well. Was his fourth? No, he was going for his fourth win. He was going for his fourth win. Yeah, he always had an extra gear. We always knew that, but he would always just beat out Mm -hmm. everyone. He knew where everyone was. He was, you know, we always talk about how how he would pace and everything. This was the first time that I saw him put his head down. Yep, and was like, I'm I'm gonna smash all of you in the face. It was amazing. That was the first time I've ever seen that. And I was like, it really, I, it took me back. I was like, wow. Like if well, he really wanted to go big, he could go big. Cause look what he just did. He didn't give a, she didn't give a shit <laughs> about who else was around him or where anyone else was. He just went for it. And that was awesome. He, he, he also didn't have the opportunity because he was, no, no, that's what I mean. Yeah. He right. had to do it that way, right. but that's what was so cool. You never saw him backed against the wall and it was cool to see him. Okay. Mm-hmm. He can adjust. He can step up like when he needs to go for it. And that was, dude. That well, was this was also cool the point that. in time of the competition. You know, we're coming to the halfway point of the weekend, you know, f- that where the richest trajectory was going down, down. Like stock market yeah. quarantine down where we're like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, he's going to he's going to lose. 
And so, like, this was huge in a, a lot of different ways, um, not just for Rich, but just the weekend in, in, in general. Like, uh-oh. And the only story I have past this was, well, I guess I have two. One, back to the programming of this. Like, I enjoy programming. I'm by no means saying I feel like I'm, I'm good at it. Um, oh, well, that's a lie. I do feel like I'm good at it. Um, but, you know, when I see the games, like, oh, that was a cool workout. That was a cool workout. I would do this. I would do this. This was the first time where Dave really programmed a workout where I go, I don't belong here talking about programming. Because it was just, I was like, I never would have thought of something like that. And the way he put it together and, again, visually on the, on the, on the floor, yeah. like, I was just like, yeah, this is another level. Like, this is so much fun to watch, to see that creativity. Um, but I remember that night, Bill, we were at, so we would always eat at the same place almost every night at the CrossFit Games, and it's called Cafe yeah. Rio. So good. And it was amazing. And we're sitting there outside eating, and we see kind of Rich's crew come in without Rich. And then we, in the parking lot, like in this dark corner where there are no cars around and the windows slightly rolled down, you just see like Rich sitting in the back seat. And we kind of walk and we're like, hey, buddy. He goes, hey. I was like, good job tonight. He goes, kind of got to. Kind of got to win yeah. the rest of them. I was like, all right. Yeah. See you later. Enjoy your quesadilla. So that was kind of <laughs> funny. He's just, you know, he, he was in kind of like he knew exactly the hole he put him in him himself in he knew the the kind of the dire situation that he was in and he was just kind of sitting in the back seat of a car all by himself while everyone else went to to go inside and eat so that closes and then that, well and then on, on the flip side of that i mean because rich that was a great story there the flip side on the women's side dude clb oh yeah unbroken on all of those sets and you know we've we've seen camille at the games for so many years this particular year and i you know this will this is kind of what we'll get to at the end of, as far as like you know did it have a balance set up mm -hmm. you know and how was it set up all that way because of all the gymnastics that was in this and the weightlifting which she's good at both dude dominance like she looked oh yeah it was so fun and the crowd just erupted as she went into the last set and again, did all the four, three, two unbroken. She hit every single one of those unbroken. That was pretty sweet. Oh man, it was cool. Well, this is the yeah. time too, where like Camille had been a, probably I would say one of the most popular athletes in the sport and had yeah. yet to really do anything. You yeah. Know, when you're talking about just being competitive, she, she never made it on the podium. She always had this like meltdown at one point in time during the game. So there was a, I would say, before this year, Camille had probably the most, I don't know if pressure is the right word, but like a lot of expectations were thrown on her and some of it was self-imposed about she's always been this one that was capable of, but would never put it together at the game. So I think a lot of people started to see her kind of take charge and get in the light and be successful once she kind of got in that, that um, spotlight. That was, uh, I think, part of the crowd like getting behind her during that event. Well, yeah, and it was just fun to watch. It was, yeah. like, I, I would say, like of, of all, like obviously, it was a, it was almost like a custom made event for, for her to do. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Still, the fact that almost like your point about Rich, like um, she probably, well, she didn't have to do what she did, but yeah, at the end, it was like 
it, it was one of those moments similar to like uh, I remember uh, Elizabeth Ackenwally on the Killer Cage and yes. I remember, uh, Josh Bridges same thing where they get to that turnaround point and the crowd's just like just do it do it yeah We're rich with the 400 pound overhead squat mm-hmm. where people are like hey why not just go for it and I don't yeah. think it's fair this to say that she hadn't done anything she had been consistently good since her breakout performance yes. I think um, she just hadn't broken into uh, the highest echelon right. right. Well, that's kind of like saying it's like saying that Dan Bailey has never made it. I mean, Dan Bailey was always yeah. up in the top ten. Scott Panchik was always in the top five. You know that type of thing. She was always in the mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This particular year, because of all the high skilled gymnastics that are in it, I mean, it was I don't want to say tailor made for, but it. If it happens to be that the events fall into your wheelhouse, you, you, I mean, you and and you smash those events mm-hmm. you're gonna have a great year and that's that's kind of what was happening here but it was just really fun to see her grab that one and ju- i mean just take the reins yeah. and just run with it it was sure. cool and yeah you're right it did play into her skill set you still got to be able to do the work obviously and so that ends friday night we go to saturday morning and hold on because i'm such a fanboy i just gotta throw this back out there take remember <laughs> that i'm remember that i'm biased but do we make it clear if, if people who are listening aren't clear mm-hmm. Froning entered that in 12th place. Yes. So not only yeah. was it the first time, like, like, and I don't know if I agree with you guys that Rich is never like, like he doesn't ever attack things headlong and always paced, but it, this was, this was a particular scenario where you've never seen him go ham. Like, mm-hmm. like results be damned. I'm either going to win or I'm going to fail. And so he set the time to beat from the third heat and no one, not Josh Bridges, um, not anybody who came after was able to track down his time, even though they knew what the benchmark was. Um, yeah, and that's a very good point because it's a lot easier to see what's possible when someone puts up the best time. But yeah, to have those guys in the final heat and still not able to do it. Or it's even like the open. It's like you don't post your score till the end because you don't want somebody to see what you got so yes. they can come and get it. Yes. But, yeah, see, no, that's I, what, but see, that's what I think. Like I, 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 don't, I don't see Rich doing that on a regular basis. That was not his MO. I'm not saying he doesn't. I mean, to say he's pacing doesn't mean he's pushing hard. I mean, like, no one can catch Rich in whatever he was doing. But he was always, I mean, how many times do we see him just edge out Scott Panchik on, like, some clean stuff or just get ahead of someone here? Or he's breaking up his, you know, 100 pull-ups and sets of five, which no one else in the world is doing because he knows his pace. I don't think he, he wasn't pacing this one. He was attacking this one. Like, full vengeance all out i have to back against the wall and that's something that we hadn't seen we've never seen rich with his back against the wall and that's a that's a completely different attack now on an event when there's that pressure not pressure of i need to do well not not pressure of i need to continue to do well because i'm the champ but pressure that dude i'm about to get my ass kicked <laughs> and i need to make a change right now not even caring about anybody else but i'm going full throttle and that was i think that was the the interesting thing because he didn't he didn't look around once he did not turn his head never looked to see where anybody was he no just, one relevant was around him it true was like, that wasn't that wasn't his race that's true. what i mean like he put it he put the blinders on and went he's like i yeah. have to i have to i gotta win yeah period <laughs> yeah and here's here i guess here's my response is it's not belaboring this point, but I'll give you the examples of like first, like unrefined, raw, rich in 2010 mm-hmm. when he won the overhead squat oh, and push up event. Where yes. it was like he didn't know if he was going to have to work out for an hour or yes. 24 hours after that or 20 minutes after that or, or that was his only workout. Mm-hmm. Just straight into it, balls to the wall. 
the next year when he comes back and it's the rope clean event, trying to prove a point. Like, I think that there are times, I think you're right. I agree he with does, that. He does find a pace that he can stick with that's better than everyone else's. But even in those battles with Panchik, it wasn't like he was trying to barely edge out Panchik. Panchik right. was trying to hunt him down and he could barely, he could barely fend him off. Totally. He always had the extra gear though. I, I, yeah. in, you know, Chase, you've always brought this up too. Like everyone, everyone tries to ra race at Rich's speed. Mm-hmm. Rich always had one more gear. He just rarely used it. Not that he wasn't kicking ass, because he was kicking ass. And his fourth gear is where everyone else in the world is trying. That's like they're maxing out. Full throttle. He always had one more. And in this event, it, I just saw him. He just went for it. Yeah. It was cool. It, it was, and like I said, that's that when we do our little round robin thing, that's going to be a hard one to beat. Yeah. Although this next one, for me, Again, gosh, there's so many great events this year. The Muscle yeah. Up Biathlon. I think the fun part about this one is it's one of those events they Dave had teased prior to the games but never gave any context or clues. He just said, I think he just said Muscle Up Biathlon. Muscle ups. Yeah. And yeah. so we're all trying to figure out what that would entail. And the way it was set up, it was, it was beautiful. So it was, I think it was 18 Muscle Ups, 15 Muscle Ups, 12 Muscle Ups were your rep scheme. But every round started with a 400-meter run. Again, we'll put that in asterisk with a berm run and actually what the distance may or may not have been. So they do a berm run, 18 muscle-ups, run 15, run 12. But if they broke at any point in time during the muscle-ups, they would have a 200-meter penalty lap. And the thing I remember most about this was a just how cool it looked because again now we're at the zeus rig they had three sets of rings in every lane and this is the first time we've seen like straps that were 16 and a half feet long and you know waving in the wind and all the athletes in there but the other thing i remember is just and this is not one you always want to bring up but like the judging i think they oh, were man. so worried about with the high volume of muscle-ups reps start to get a little sketch towards the end when you're trying to go and broken and, and the way the straps were and athletes are swinging back and forth because they're not used to the length of the rope and but I, I feel like they almost whatever briefing they got prior to the event made them the judges almost terrified to see anything other than what would be like an art artist drawing of what a perfect <laughs> muscle up would look like and there was just no reps getting thrown out like crazy everywhere. And, and I, uh, one of the more infamous ones was obviously Julie Fouché's was a big one because um, yeah. that year was one of the years where I think she had, was this her last year? Uh, no, 2015 was wasn't. I think that's when she yeah. got hurt at regionals, but yeah. that was one when, you know, she was trying to take the next step was like, is Fouché capable of winning? You know, now that Sam Briggs is gone and I think did, Oh, who else was on here? But the muscle, that was just so much fun to watch. Now, Saturday morning in the soccer stadium and just watching these kind of new athletes make a name for themselves. Obviously, this is Cody Anderson's first year. Um, he gets first place. He went unbroken on all of his sets. I think, was he one of yeah. the only athletes to do that? Yeah. Uh, he did. I know he did. That was one of the big things because he just smashed everyone. Mm -hmm. I think Josh was pretty close to that. He was close, but he broke. There were a few who came close. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, programming wise, what's cool and, and, you know, talk about, you know, nowadays, when we, you know, we were looking at the clink and the Pegasus and the, those events that we've been talking about, like mm -hmm. everyone knows the 30 muscle ups for time. Mm -hmm. That's a, a, a CrossFit thing. So we, we have done that or we've talked about that. 
people have tried to attempt that and try to get a good time, whatever. Uh, now is the idea of currently, we're talking 2020, can you do 30 unbroken period, like without stopping at all? No one really played with that. So this, mm -hmm. this event way back then, 2014, was the first time that it was like, okay, you're going to get rewarded now if you can do as many as you can do unbroken. And that's what was interesting was because if you had to run, if you had to break and take that 200 meter penalty, if you had to do that's that huge. twice in like one of those rounds, okay, well, you're way in the back now. You're way in the back, or, or I would say way in the back because there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna be doing that, but you're definitely not gonna be in the top 10. You're gonna be towards that middle or towards the back. And it became really strategic. Are you gonna be able to get all of them or are you gonna max out and get a no rep or have to get a no. I mean, Camille, geez, oh man, she did so well in this event and still like she'd get no rep, no rep, still yeah. hang on the rings, then get two more that would count. I think she came down with one left. I think on the very last set, I think she had uh, one left I to do. I remember Rich doing that. Yeah, and Rich did that. There was a, you know, and, and then Fouché got the no rep, yep. right? Yeah. Which he didn't know, but yeah, there was a couple, there was a couple dramatic like last reps like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I love everything you guys have said. And the, the one thing for me is like, so you want a couple of things out of the CrossFit games. And this one for me on this particular year was, um, you're always, you know, there's always the concept that we're pushing the limit past what you think is possible. Right. And I remember specifically, like when we were kind of having meetings about this, I was thinking about how every single one of the athletes was going to break this up. Mm -hmm. There was zero pretext in my mind that anyone would go for unbroken. I thought it was science fiction at the point. <laughs> yeah. Like there's, yeah. there is no <laughs> chance that anybody could go unbroken. And so to see people either hardly break it up or not break it up at all was what my moment during this games where I was just like, couldn't, uh, dude. couldn't really wrap my arms around it. And I was like, cool. Yep. Yep. Wake up, dude. Like people are, people are accelerating faster than you're giving them credit for. Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay, so on the I, I love the fact that it was set up that way. Yes. And, and it, it was you were now trying to well, uncharted waters is really what we're kind of touching on. It's like those are the most yeah. muscle ups ever programmed in one event ever. It was forty five. Yeah. Forty five. Jeez. And yeah, so especially that chunk of eighteen. What I like the most about that is that depending on who you were, those numbers I feel like every round was kind of one of those is like, huh. It, Do yeah, you want to try it? It forced you to try it. Yeah. It for I mean, you you, you kind of had to. Now, granted, you know, if you miss it, you got 200 meter run to try to recover yourself and get back and finish it up. And that's what was so funny was the, you know, if you made the if you made the 400 meters, you could say, okay, this isn't a running event. It's a muscle up event, totally. So, what if you made the run 200 meters to start off with? Would you have gotten enough rest to come in and try to do a max effort? muscle up again you know i i like the fact that it's 400 meters i think 600 would have been too long because they're they would have been running all day long um but it's it's 400 and it is just enough to let everyone rest and it was it was funny to watch mm -hmm. or interesting to watch how slow people would run their 400 you see them shaking their arms out trying to get themselves to come back because you want to come back and go right to the rings right i mean why why run to the rings and then stand there and wait um, cause it is a race, but it's, man, this, this strategy yeah, of how really it was cool. set up and what to do when you're in it is just unreal. Super cool. 
I, I, I think, and Bill, you'd know better than I would, like, like watching it back, there's live scoring, but this was this yes. in the days where it was like, at least before predictable live scoring, or like, or not predictable, but <laughs> live scoring you could trust. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I do remember hating it as a broadcaster, loving the event as like a fan and as someone who, who loves a good test, but as a broadcaster being like, what penalty lap is this person on? What, you know, like, like who's oh, where I yeah, have no yeah. freaking idea. There's yeah. like, yeah. Who's winning. You don't have enough cameras to have that, to have them all the people. So it was like, it was very hard to tell the story of this, um, of this particular race. So I do remember from a broadcaster's point of view, I was like, we're dropping the ball. <laughs> well, well, and I mean, like, I know like with me and Sean, you know, we're watching the screen. I mean, we're up in the, up in the box watching the, so we can see the ground. We have our program monitor, so we can kind of see a big screen ish, um, a full view of the, of the shot. And then whatever is being broadcast on, on the ISO monitor. But what was hard was just like you were saying, you have the across the top, what rep everyone is on. Mm-hmm. And it's constantly changing. Oh, the, yeah. You know, we're right, talking right, about right. who's in the lead, but then someone's on a run and then their numbers aren't moving and they aren't moving for a really long time or someone's in the lead and they're getting numbers and then they're on the 400 and nothing's happening. So they would try to put these little markers underneath to penalty lap. So, so oh. you kind of have an idea what's going on. I mean, they, but it, was, it wasn't consistent. So we would try to use that, but then we <laughs> couldn't use that. And then once you get into the second round, you're like, I, I know so-and-so is on this number rep of their muscle up because that's what we're watching. I have no idea where anyone else is. And mm-hmm. you could only follow the top two, basically. Because once people get lost in the shuffle of what round they're on on the penalty lap, it was really hard to see. So this is one of those ones that program-wise is awesome. Yes. Broadcast-wise is super <laughs> difficult. You know, it doesn't look as pretty as the 21 and 15 and nine where you know exactly where everybody is as they're marching down. So that you're right. That was a tough one. But do I still like guys, the way program wise. It's cool. Do you guys know Nicole Gordon? Chase, you probably worked with her yes. on seminars, maybe. Yes. Do you know where I'm going with this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> where am I going with this? She was Julie Fouché's judge. <laughs> <laughs> loudest, <laughs> loudest booze I've ever heard from the stadium. At okay. One time. So the. Ro, do you have a story about that, or were you just asking if I knew who she was? I just ma- making sure that my memory was correct. That yeah, she was Julie's judge. That's the and then I just correct. wanted to hear you just you know totally publicly apologize to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this was the point, and this this will full circle this, and then we'll move on to the next event. We talked about the judging, and then you know the booze that. Uh, happened especially after especially after Julie's because she was yeah. such a fan favorite first booze in the sport first booze in the sport ever and it was like thunderously booze Echoing. and I stood up because I got to watch these from like our little uh, um, booth or box seats yeah. and I stood up I go we have made it this <laughs> is the moment that we have become a le- like a legitimate sporting event because before it was like oh crossfitters love crossfitters and all this community and we're all friends and all that other bullshit that aren't in real sports and then we got booze for the first time and i was like now it's a sport oh yeah. see i hated it i loved it i absolutely I it. loved it i was like we're a family yeah. <laughs> we're trying to break this family apart why are you doing this she's trying her best <laughs> We were just shocked. Oh, we were like, so what the hell is she looking at? No. What the we don't need I mean, to we're broadcasting and, and and we try 
at least back then, and this was really funny, like in the, in the early days of our broadcasting, we did that, bro. We tried to, I mean, yeah. we would see something that would just be like an absolute shit caller. Someone's getting like, oh, those reps are great. And we'd be like, you know, they must be seeing something <laughs> that we don't see because we're really far away, even though the camera's right on her elbow. I was pretty honest with my exactly that it was things, a fine rep, but, but apparently the judges see something, so gonna have to go ahead with that call i know oh, we'll do always do the like well they have a better view than us so you, we won't comment like, on that no you don't not right that <laughs> all one. right not on that one <laughs> muscle yeah. bathlon well yeah i mean you, you got to take into account like there's there's two sides of every story right yeah so, totally some of the other some of the first coaching we ever got as talent was like hey don't hug athletes after interviews gosh and it that... took me like two years to incorporate that feedback. <laughs> and so like that you know that's that's one side of it um but uh yeah, Chase, I hear you too, man. Like, like, yeah, well, you got people that are super impassioned about the sport and, and that's uh, where they're coming from. Yeah. To give Nicole Gordon, to give Nicole Gordon credit though, she's part of one of my other favorite CrossFit Games memories from 2009, not because she got hurt, but she was the woman who smacked her own or smacked her finger between the sledgehammer. Oh, and oh that was her? That, that's her. Oh my God, that was brutal looking. So shout out to her for being amazing. She's a well, total badass, hey, too, I, though. The, I would the, never the, cross Nicole. The job Gordon. I would never do, ever, ever, ever do, is I don't want to be a judge. No. No way. No way. Thankless job. Because oh, you're sure. never you're never like, if you win, no one goes, I had a great judge. They just go, I had a shitty judge. Yeah. <laughs> That's all they'll ever say, you know? I think thankless well, jobs. It goes stay-at-home mom and then games judge right below that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We spent 35 minutes talking about the muscle biathlon. So, okay. So, we, so, Cody Anderson wins. He goes unbroken. On the women's side, Tiffany Hendrickson, she beats Camille by over a minute. And, you know, what does that mean? It means one break. That's all it is. That's, it's that 200-meter penalty lap. And so, we move from that to the sprint carry, which was another really fun unique test and, and what it was was you had three odd objects on one end of the soccer stadium and it was as simple as it was kind of like a souped up version of the sandbag move from 2010 and it was move these three objects across the field and then run back and get the next one and, and that was it and the, it was um, gosh what were the three different it was a cylinder of one weight um, it was a sandbag. It was a heavier weight, and then another cylinder at the end, like another. Yeah, sandbags so have like those abs on them. Thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah it looked, like a, looked like a big ass throw pillow on a couch. But the weights increased every time. So it was 160 pounds for the cylinder, 120 and 80 on the sandbag, and then 150 and 100. Um, and they all started with a sprint. So the last thing you did was do the carry, and that's just one of those grunt work things, uh, which was really cool to see. Again, just a unique test. And no surprise when you're talking about grunt work. Look, look at this, Nate Schrader. Yeah, man, he he beats. Gosh, he beat Tommy Hackenbrook. Who Hackenbrook crushed that too, but he beat him by 11 seconds. 2:22. That's how fast this was. There was a lot. There was a lot of sub five minute events this year, and like plus That's, 20 that, minute events. That would be my that would be my only gripe about this one is that I wish that it was longer. But it's it's one of my favorites because it fits that archetype of like. Um, well, I love a lot of things about um, Odd Object, and I don't know mm -hmm. if you have you guys ever had Boz on the show? Not yet. No, uh, Boz is good, and uh, I, I'll never forget. We would say like, Boz, what is your what is your potential like best CrossFit Games event ever? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's changed by this point, but he used to say it would look kind of like Donkey Kong, like you know you got like the the sloped upward things. Yes, and all you got to do is take that pile of junk 
to the top of that. There's no judging involved. Everybody can be as creative and like intuitive with their fitness and like express themselves however the hell they want to. It's just do the work, kind of like the wheelbarrow event the was. Wheelbarrow, yes. Yeah. But in the same in the same sense here, you saw a lot of people like, and it iterates over the heats too. It's like somebody figures out a new way to carry it. And they're oh, like, oh yeah, dude, I'm yeah, do that. Yeah. This works. That doesn't work. I got it on my back with two hands. I got it over my shoulder with one hand. So I, I love a good old grunt work event. I wanted this one to be longer. Yeah, that, that was longer. Really cool. Like longer? How? Like the distance is um, longer. Yeah, like like two like a two minute time period. Like I I maybe move them all the way back again. You know, like put put Ooh. a little bit of stamina into it as well. Man, like I get. I guess it was called the sprint carry. To be right, sure. right. Yeah. I actually I, I wish it I, was like a. I wish it was the carry carry. Yeah, <laughs> I like the carry carry. I like the. Uh, I actually like the distance that I like that it was a little shorter because it it everyone has their because it messes up your sprint. Everyone has their 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 style of how they sprint. They've been running for you know for years and years and years. They do that, and all of a sudden you get an object on that, and it completely completely throws you off balance. And you're right, there wasn't a right way to do it and it was interesting watching people with the because it was a sprint the anxiety is is ramped up so you see people trying to quickly grab the object and run and they're fumbling with it all over the place and trying to figure out on the fly while they're trying to sprint how to put it on the shoulder or if they're going to put it on the shoulder so i i liked just like you were talking about how to express that how to do that under the i think the sprint turned it into a pressure cooker it didn't give you time forced to figure intensity. It out. Like on the burden run, you had some time to kind of figure it out when you had the log on your shoulder, or how they, you know, du- the double hand carry over the back or whatever way they wanted to do it. Um, I like the fact that they were just kind of thrown into the mix and said, okay, come on the other side quickly. <laughs> Plus I think we need another short one. I think that, I think it was good to have a, 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 a shorter sprint with this one. Well, we can follow that sprint one up. So Nate Schrader wins. Uh, Lauren Brooks wins again. And then we go to, uh, I, I feel like I've said this way too many times already. One of my favorite CrossFit Games events of all time, the Clean Speed Ladder. You say that with like so many events, dude. I do. I'm going to have, have, have a hard time. <laughs> You're never going to pick your 40. It's going to be like 120 events that you put out. There. I know. So Okay, so we're, we're back in the tennis stadium. Now it's Saturday night. Again, lights are coming on. Crowd, it's just this electric atmosphere. And announced is this event. We have never, again, we've never conceived of, of being something like this before. And it was at the five bars on the floor and you sprint and squat clean every one of them. And then you jump to the finish line and you get your time and they knock people out and they whittle it down. And it was so fun to watch. And from my side is, you know, where we would broadcast from in the tennis stadium. Like, so if the individuals were going, so that was like Sean, Bill and Tanya, I was doing teams with Cherie and I think it was just me and Cherie at the time, maybe Jeff Brightwell. But what we would do is we would be watching in the other box and we just we would open the windows and like the sound would just fill the, the box and it was so incredibly loud and we just get to watch these things unfold. And all we did the whole time was just like it was like betting on horses. Yeah. And I, and I thought the cool thing was I think it was like three rounds of this, but the weights got heavier every time. So your your um your pick would change based off the weights that were there. Right. So like the first round you'd pick like the really fast muscly guy but knowing he couldn't handle the stamina by round two and like so that that was really fun to watch and i think just from again uh a spectator's view 
and the uniqueness and f- newness. Like we've seen ladders all the time now, but this is what kickstarted all these things. And again, the drama unfolding is like, you know, Rich almost missed the final cut or, and he got spit out the back on one clean to start thing. Like there was just so much involved with just five barbells being lifted as fast as you can that made it such a fun event to watch. I think for, I think for us, this is very indicative of, of CrossFit and, you know, pick things up heavy, get them moving, do work fast, that type of stuff. I think this event is one of those events that like the lifting world, when you dumb ass CrossFit yeah. lifting all that stuff, like great job on yourself, but all you want to do is go fast. That's all you care about is just going fast. And I, what I liked was that it, we talk about intensity all the time. We talk about trying to test, you know, intensity and being able to utilize that to, uh, uh, test people's fitness. And I think this did just that because each of those three rounds became totally different. Just like you said, Chase, the first one was, okay, are you going to be able to grip and rip and not miss the rep, not do something stupid? You know, most of these athletes, men and women could, could have bad form and make it happen because they're just, they, they're, they're just that strong. But as you get into the heavier weights and then to the last one, I mean, they aren't running necessarily at that point. They're like, let me prepare myself. Let me go. Let me hit it. But now you have the element of fatigue as you're going into that, into that, um, you know, those, those final heavy, heavy lifts. But it was the, the, the energy that this race Man. built was unreal. So, the test, I think, was great. The broadcast side, I mean, on our end, it made it so easy because you get ramped up with all the excitement of the crowd. And you're right, like the stadium was just going nuts, nuts. Yeah, I, I, to jump on your point about like the weightlifting community. Um, well, first of all, let me give credit where credit's due that, that there are many now and there's so much there's so much crossover now between CrossFit and weightlifting. But totally. point, you're right, like there was tons of people who would, who would and still do hate on it. And um, I think this event spit in their face. Yeah, totally. Like, nah, man. Look at the proficiency of these people that, by the way, two days ago ran three miles and did all the other things and swam in the ocean, did whatever. But now they're lifting more weight than most, you know, than some national champions can in an environment where their heart rate's through the roof. And they're doing totally. it quickly in the, in, in the middle of an entirely different event. Um, so I think it, this really did show, like, the breadth and depth. And then um, I remember because, uh, honestly, my my home depot slash stub hub center years were like some of the best of my life. And while you guys were trapped up in the booth, which was also a great seat, I was like courtside, you know, like I literally uh, got yes. to squat next to the speaker and I was right there. Man. And, um, this one, I remember you could like close your eyes and you would think that someone was dropping bombs on the stadium. Like, <laughs> yeah. The ground was vibrating. It was loud as hell. And even over like the roar and the DJ yeah. and everything, it was just like, it was like, it was one of the coolest, like, spine tingly events that I've ever been at the games. How do you give me goosebumps just like talking about that, man? It's cheating though, because when you say goosebumps, it starts to give goosebumps. You know, if you follow it up strong, it's a secret trick of the trade. <laughs> oh, I like that. It's like the whole yawn before you yawn thing. Okay, so Neil Maddox wins the cleats clean speed ladder. Elizabeth Akinwali wins that. And at the time I thought that was it. It was like, okay, this is our Saturday night event. That was really cool. What a way to close out Saturday. And then, oh, wait, we have one more. And I'll say it again as one of my favorite. This is probably, (laughs) I would say this might be one of my all-time moments. Uh, Maybe not favorite event, but one of my all-time 
moments at the CrossFit Games, and that was Josh Bridges versus Rich Froning in push oh, yeah. moving pull. Yeah. Uh, there you go. I didn't say goosebumps, but I got them before I said it. <laughs> this was, and Roy, I'd love to hear what your experience was, where you were just being down there. But the end of this event was is my all-time Give what it was. favorite. Give what it was. Tell, tell us what it was. So, okay, so push-pull. Sorry, God, I'm getting wrapped into. So push-pull was a couple between handstand push-ups and sled pulls. It went seven, eight, nine, ten, where the deficit would get would it get less as the reps increased? I think they would take off a block. Um, or were they just at a deficit the whole time? I think they were at a deficit the whole time. So they were and they had to be strict. So they were deficit for men, they were regular for women, and it had to be strict, but the sled pulls got heavier every time. And and again, they had this wall of plexiglass and everyone was inverted and doing strict handstand push-ups, but they had four sleds in each lane with increasing weight, but only one rope. So you do your handstand push-ups, run across the tennis stadium, pull your sled over, unhook your rope, run the rope back, connect it to the next sled, and then you'd go on and so forth. And what it was was Rich was still, let's see... He, again, he just got kind of knocked on his butt recently because he didn't have the best um, sprint carry. Um, he didn't have the best muscle biathlon. And so, like, coming off of what he did the night before, we're like, okay, he's okay, he's okay. And then you're like, maybe he's not okay. <laughs> and so you, you come back to this final event, and it's Josh Bridges versus Rich Froning. And side by side, side too. by side, and they've been going back and forth the whole time. Josh has this like 15 foot lead on Rich going in the last sled pull, and you just see Rich's sled every pull get a foot closer, and a foot closer, and and to where they're like they're almost tied with like five feet left to go, and then you see Josh Bridges pulls his sled to his sandbag, jumps up on the. The, they had basically like this platform, which was the finish line that they would have to jump onto. The crowd is like in your face, literally like right face to face <laughs> touching them. And one of the greatest celebrations in CrossFit Games history, which I won't repeat on the show. Just you guys shouting can, obscenities at the crowd. <laughs> just, and it was. Just thumping his chest God. and shouting obscenities at the top of his lungs. It's gorgeous. <laughs> it was the biggest I am all that is man moment that I have ever seen in the, the anybody who watches the clip their testosterone level jumps 10 points. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like I need to watch this before any time I attempt to deadlift no matter what the weight is because that might actually help. Now nah, it probably won't help me, but it would help other people. <laughs> but just to just go like again, that for me, for me, all-time favorite moment in CrossFit Games history for me. Push pull Josh Bridges wrist froding. That's my I, yeah, I, well, I just want to say, like, we, what we tried to do at the Mayhem Classic last year was relit, like, for the good dudes, we mm -hmm. didn't just want to do events from the event, but logistically, you can imagine how impossible it would have been. This was one that I wanted Josh oh. to rehash. That would have been so cool. That, that would be cool. That would have been pretty fun. Um, I thought the event was super cool. I, I loved, I mean, it was it was fun to watch. Super but, man, unique. I, like, I just think, like, there could have been so many things to go wrong like logistically i mean <laughs> well, actually yeah. there was one point where rich 
went over to Josh's weights and the judges directed him to go back to his weights. I mean, because there was so, they had four sleds and they were kind of it was absolute chaos at the finish line. With they all had those like yeah, they're kind of in a diagonal, so they're not getting in the way. And you could see that sometimes you're pulling the sled and the sled starts to kind of veer one direction or gets caught somewhere and it starts, you know, gets hung up behind another one because it has to get across a certain line. I thought it was really cool. I, it, the way it was designed for the fans, I thought was amazing. Uh, man, there just could have been, I, I feel like there could have been so many things that could have messed that up to make it not be a cool race. I don't know. That was so I fun. like the event though. I like what it was. This one, and then um, <clears throat> to give, um, make, obviously, uh, Josh and Rich stole the show, no, no doubt about totally. it. One of the guest mom, best moments in CrossFit Games history. Was this, though, where Carl Webb started to face issues? Yeah. Well, it was this um, into the uh, midline march. Midline march one. is when it all came crashing. Midline march, came which, like the wheels. But that came might on. have been right. what started it but because of that down. head handstand push up. Right. Yeah. I think you're I right. Think, because Kara Webb was, was well, Kara Saunders. Into the, into the neck, yeah. She was winning at this point, I believe. Crushing. Like she was, she was, she doing, was, wow, crushing, was crushing people. She was doing really well. She was leading, I believe, at this point. I yeah. feel like she, oh, she was in. She felt like she had a firm grasp on where the position that she was in. It wasn't like when is she going to fall off. Yeah, right. I don't. I don't know if we use this to segue into the next one, but <clears throat> excuse me. I I choked on some. Uh, let me just plug them since I got them. I I choked on my Froning Farms bison. Pardon how me, is that, by the way? For <laughs> real, I'm camera, legitimately I'm asking. Vomit. How is but, it? Um, try the Southwest Verde. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, the um, oh yeah. So Cara Webb. No, she was, dude. And and I think we did the math later, and it was. Well, I'll, spoiler alert, mm -hmm. she withdrew from the games because she yeah. was having issues with her kind of shoulder and cervical spine. And, and somewhere down the road, it ended up being like some sort of like misalignment of her jaw, yeah. as, as I yeah. remember it. Yeah. But um, she was suffering. And as I remember it, like she could have just showed up and tried to do the minimum work requirement and still taken like yes. money home from the event. Yeah, I, remember I, think, that. I think she would have been in the top five. Yeah. Yeah, that was something, eight, something like that for sure. Yeah, that was something that was, that, that was kind of this kind of became a a theme for her because obviously I mean, there was heat stroke in 2015 and, mm -hmm. and yeah, uh, or heat injuries, whatever you call them. And uh, yeah, so this was this was a huge disappointment because I remember Car she was on a trajectory to win that year or yep. she at least give Camille a strong run for her money. And um, so that was that was one of the I guess we'll talk about the event, but that, yeah. her withdrawing at that point was one of the low points slash more dramatic things that happened for me yeah. that year. That was, yeah. that was upsetting. So, uh, so we said Josh Bridges wins push pull. Michelle Atondra wins push pull on the women's oh, side. Yeah. 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 Look at you. And that'll close out Saturday. So we'll move into the final day of competition and it starts off with mid line March. Another fantastic event that I love so much. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like no one loves this event more than Rich. Because if you were to program, I think if you know his skill set, this is, might be a, an event that Rich will never lose, ever. No matter how old he gets and how long we do this, this event is just a rich wheelhouse event unlike anything i've seen so it's three rounds for time 25 ghd sit us which he lives on the ghd i feel like he sleeps on the ghd in the extended position in the extended 50, position, 50 foot handstand walk and a 50 foot overhead walking lunge at 155 and 115 and they work their way down the field again it looks so cool because you could see where everybody was and I've, i think did the walks have to be unbroken the handstand yep. walks yeah 
another yeah. wrinkle because that kind of made people really hesitant and that made everyone and, hesitant. And that was fairly new too. To, to that point, there hadn't been a lot of like, hey, you have to make it like a mandated. Or otherwise you go back. And, you know, Rich, after getting second and push-pull, did that second place finish the night before put him into first place, I believe? That sounds right. <clears throat> I knew it was really, I I know it was really, started, really though, close. I'm the it feelings really guy. Yeah. So you got to bring the numbers and the analytics, all right? <laughs> I believe it was because I think it was, the, it was the interview that I, it was Amanda that was having with Josh. And in the middle of the interview is when they flashed the scores of the leaderboard. <laughs> Right. And Josh yeah. is like, look at that, that son of a bitch. And like you know, Rich had, had bumped himself back in the first place. And so we start uh, Sunday morning off with midline March. And it was just it was just a straight ahead domination performance by Rich. But I loved I loved the event because you, you had the GHD, which taxes your core. You have the handstand watch, which you need to have Eat a strong cores. core with. And then the overhead walking lunges, which screws up everything. Um, it was just well, so it, fun to that, watch. I mean, midline march, there's more core on that. To be able to support that up overhead as you're doing, as you're moving up and down and mm -hmm. forward. I mean, there's a lot. This whole thing was midline. Um, but I love the fact that you had to do the 50 feet unbroken. I think that for me, I think that's the best part of this whole event. Mm -hmm. The fact, because you had now to think about it before you stepped up. And the athletes that are good at handstand walking, it was fun to watch them just go immediately from the GHD and right to their hands and, you know, they're walking all down. Um, but I, I love the fact that it was made that way and not, you know, in sets of 25 or sets of 10 feet right. or, uh, you know, to, to give that element. It, it forced you to have to pressure be perfect with it. I think it was awesome. Pressure and performance. I mean, that was really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it also looked really cool. Like Chase, to your point, it was, I think it was a unique type of event in the soccer stadium because, mm -hmm. you know, typically those seem like they're sparse in equipment. Um, maybe I'm overgeneralizing that there's been other things obviously where they move out objects and such, but um, up to that point though, you're right. Yeah. Up to that point. So it was, it was fairly unique and it was, it was fun to see cause you know, then you had that many people and an even bigger crowd in the stadium mm -hmm. watching. And uh, <laughs> it's funny, it stands out to me, but like the way that they used it was metal plates, right? It was like those a, drum a plates. It was a little funky setup on yeah. the little funky ones. Yeah. Like, oh, that looks pretty rotten, man. Yeah. Like, I like that a lot. It was really neat. So Rich wins midline March to start off Sunday and capping off what coming off 2013 is fourth Sunday win in a row. And then Annie Thor's daughter gets first place. Now we haven't said her name this entire time. And I, just a second ago, I was like, was Annie even in these games? Because I know she missed the year prior. Um, so she's back. She wins Midline March. And then we move into the final event. And just like in 2010, they sequester all the athletes um, down to the stadium. So they, they know what the first event is, but I don't think they were told what they were told. It was going to be thick and quick and then grace, I believe. I don't think. Uh, no, they, they, weren't, told, they weren't told, told part grace. B at all. They were yeah. told they the first part. They said they part. were coming out. Here's what I remember the best about was Bill was Wes Pyatt the demo for this? Uh, yeah. So yeah. they demo thick and quick, and he does the whole event. It's it's three rope climbs. I think it's two thick ones and one thin one. Or were they all thick ropes? I think they were all, was all thick. thick. It was yeah, all, all thick the ropes. Two inch, the two inch rope or whatever. Yeah. So three rope climbs, and then and then four, four over. Oh, sorry, four rope climbs, three overhead squats, two forty five and one sixty five, and. Wes Pyatt demos all four. And then I think he missed 
his like first three <laughs> attempts at the overhead squat, and but Dave <laughs> wouldn't let him quit. <laughs> he wouldn't have quit anyway, though. I man. know That's he wouldn't have quit, is. but was, he, he would have been like, I'll, "I'll be out here till I get all these. <laughs> I'm gonna get all of them." So that that was pretty funny to demo that, and you know when it was first announced, I was like, mm, "I guess that's an okay event." But after seeing it unfold, it was really cool. And so the part that they didn't know, so that's the only thing they showed the athletes was thick and quick. So they thought yep. thick and quick four and three, that's the final, and then we're done. And what they didn't know is that Dave added a second piece to this, which was at the time Grace, but he would announce it to the athletes, and then right before they went, he's like, oh, by the way, this is the CrossFit Games. We're going to double it, right? And yeah. the idea, or at least the hope was, which it didn't work, was that athletes would come out and have no idea there was a Part B to the event and then have no idea where there was a Part C as that they were doubling it. And I'd loved um, Thick and Quick as, as a test. I think that thickness of the rope threw off a lot of people. They just weren't ready for the the that diameter difference. Now you have to make sure that you have an efficient, like with a regular roll climb, you can, you can kind of over pull your way if you're not good at using your legs, but you couldn't do that um, with the other one. Well, so I, and the way you made the lock on your feet with exactly. the rope was different. So like it wouldn't bend the same way. So, and I think that's one of the things that Dave has done best is everyone here does rope climbs. They all know how to do rope climbs. So mm -hmm. how can we make it just a little bit different? And it's those, it's those very fine little tweaks that an athlete is going to be able to adjust to. And the ones that aren't the as great of athletes are going to all of a sudden feel that change and it's not the normal and they can't get into the routine and all of a sudden they, they freak out. And so I think that that was, uh, I mean, how other way are you going to, are you going to change the rope climb? And I, I think that that was a cool, a, a cool little twist, you know, not something that's going to be like, not, it's not showboaty. It's not circus style. Um, it's not climbing some gigantic pole. It's let's make it just a little bit different, but to get the same effect. And I thought that was pretty, I thought that was pretty cool. And I like the, I like the overhead. I know we did, we've already done a lot of overhead mm -hmm. stuff. So it was kind of interesting that, that that was there again, but I like the fact that it, it was just heavy enough to where you could get into it pretty quickly um, and you can push the envelope on it, you know, still. So. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's one of those things where like, when you look at it, it's fairly, it doesn't look that gnarly. Right. No. You know? So, and, and we've gone through multiple iterations and you guys have talked about a bunch of them at this point, but like the finale has changed vibes over the years, right? Like mm -hmm. there's been, long drawn out chippers and then there's been like sprinty to the finish type stuff and so when i saw <clears throat> when i saw this one on paper i'll be honest i was like really yeah really yeah. really this doesn't, this doesn't seem exciting <laughs> it doesn't seem that difficult like i was like oh, i could do that um so it, it was it was fun to see it come to life and and at, again at this point the small changes unbroken handstand push-ups a thicker rope mm -hmm. those kind of things really did throw a cog in the wheel totally um, and it affected the way that we, this, this was the cool part because it's still the generation of the CrossFit games. It was like, we were all trying to still kind of figure this thing out and redefine fitness. And, and we were, we were part of a big movement, right? It was a revolution. Right. And so this, then people would go home and they'd be like, got to do un unbroken handstand pushups, got to right. do a thicker rope. Like I've got to mess with these things and incorporate yeah. them into my training. And by the way, now I'm going to try and get ahead of Castro. And next right. time I'm going to try and actually not be fooled by the time it gets here. So, um, yeah, I, I became a big fan of it 
and of course the, the way that it played out was pretty cool too so that was that was cool and i think that was the what was it the infamous rich took matt's chalk <laughs> yeah <laughs> in the middle of that event because um, at the time i think yeah. we were matt was within he was in a serious striking distance of of rich at the time going into that and then but he needed like matt needed to win like the next two and rich had to have and it wasn't like a no, dramatic drop like, off. Whoever wins wins. Like I think it was. Close it was close, Matt, right? Or at least if if Matt bested Rich on the last two, mm-hmm. it was a pretty dang good chance that that uh, Matt was going to win. Yes, it, actually, right now I'm looking at the points. It was very close because Rich well, ended totally, up only winning by yeah, 50. fifty points. Yeah. So yeah, it it was. It's like okay, if Matt can win, like if he wins, wins, and Rich gets like a second and third, Matt's gonna. And the the way the weekend's gone for Rich up in this point. It was purely feasible and possible that Rich could punt something because he's been he kind of been doing it all weekend. He had, uh, yeah. you know, he rode the wave, fruit more than he'd see Jordan Troyan win the wave a little bit from like strength event to swim event because, you know, he was up and down all weekend long, which again added to the drama. So thick and quick was event one, and then when it was done, Dave brought him back to the starting line and basically presented surprise part B. Again, they were sequestered down underneath the stadium and he goes you're gonna finish with grace and then they're like all right three two and it's like oh pause by the way we're doing double grace which would have worked really well had all the coaches and fans and other people didn't yell to the athletes yeah what was coming like i saw so many coaches like reaching across the the rails at the tennis stadium like telling their athletes what were going to come. And I was, I was extremely disappointed in a lot of um, coaches and fans that weekend because yeah, of but, that. But what would you do? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, totally. It's, it's virtually impossible not to. You're not going to go, hey, yeah, I want you to experience not knowing. You're mm-hmm. going to try to give your athlete whatever you can. I, right. I, yeah. I mean, it, it sucks that that happens, yeah. but it is what it is. I mean, there's no way you're going to have all, those, all the people in the stands going like this. We're not going to say right. There's no way. Especially considering that, like, this was the eighth time that Castro had said it the exact same way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because he presented it to every single heat of men and women. They would come out and he would say the exact same thing. Right. You're doing grace. Wait, this is the CrossFit game. And, like, um, he had to and was supposed to do it that way. But, yeah, I mean, I'm the same. I'll speak out of both sides of my mouth. I was disappointed, but unsurprised and can't blame people, you know? Totally. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, what would I do is like, you know, if my athlete was out there and had a chance to do something great, I'd probably be like, Hey, here's an edge. Or if I was out there myself, I'm like, somebody tell me. <laughs> so yeah, I get it. And it, and it's hard to judge. I just, you know, initial one, I was like, I didn't, uh, I was like, that's kind of a bummer. Cause I want to see their surprise. That's kind of what I wanted as a spectator is I wanted them not to know that for my own drama. Um, but but still, I don't think that everybody knew. If you watch the video, you can see people's faces, and some people some people knew, some people didn't know. But I think what was more interesting was what was their face showing? Because mm-hmm. I knowing that you have to do sixty reps of clean and jerk after you just did the rope climb and the other stuff, thinking that you were done. There were some there were some people that like you could see their their eyes went straight down like oh shit. Well what do you think like if you finish like, the like game that right? are like, okay, yeah, all right. Another opportunity. Okay, here we go. And I and I think that was uh on a coaching side, 
you want to be able to see your athlete that's like, I'm I'm okay. Whatever you're going to put in front of me, I'll be fine. And I think that was, especially with Camille, that was very indicative of her year. Yeah. That was very indicative of that entire CrossFit Games for her. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I mean, you know, you couldn't have lined it up. Her headspace, her strengths, stars and the, the, the events that, that played to her favor were, I mean, it was like the planets were all in line yep. and she, she did exactly what she was supposed to do. And she went for it. And that was, that was, I liked seeing her face as they have announced double grace. I think yeah, that was, uh, I, that I was agree. Huge. And, and that was my, um, you know, again, I'm all throning fanboy, but, but I, I remember also like specifically we were talking about this with another group of people and it was like, yeah, that compliance of like mm-hmm. whatever comes out of your mouth. And this is in a lot of ways was the end of an era, right? Where, um, actually I, something, something I don't want us to miss is, um, this was the second and last and tear jerking, uh, departure of Chris Spieler. Um, yeah. oh, man. Yep. and he took second, uh, he did really well in double grace. Um, but his departure, Tommy Hackenbrook going back to team, um, yep. Rich's last year as an individual, like this was definitely the end of an era for individuals who had been through like the gritty, gritty. Two, yeah. even this is Jason. Like Jason's last year as an individual. 20, yeah. 2010, where it was like pure secrecy events aren't even released until 20 right. minutes before or even right. known. Um, <laughs> it's unrefined and like, Hey, you know what? We actually don't even know what the event is. Yeah. And now you're going to do it. Um, so that, that's another reason that like Chase, when we were talking and I said, yeah, this is one of my favorite years because it was kind of like we had reached this pinnacle with yeah. this cast of characters who had grown up with the sport from dusty aromas right. to refined television show, professional sport. Yeah. It, it, yeah. 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 Oh, now I'm getting all. Go bro. He's I'm getting all. Crying. No, I'm not going to cry. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> not yet at least. <laughs> But yeah, gosh, that was so cool. And, and you're right, Rory. It was like it, an end of an era. Is like the people that helped build and frame the sport that which we know and love today. Because I feel like this 13, 14 era is really what a lot of us kind of latched onto of what we see and truly love about the CrossFit Games. And to see those, you know, like I said, cast of characters kind of depart, um, especially after this, knowing what was going to happen. I mean... It de- definitely makes it a bit more of a fond memory. So double grace, rich wins, five oh five. Oh, five oh five. That's an average of two thirty on grace at the end of everything that they did, and he did it in singles. Yeah, and th- that, this was a great example. <clears throat> I know we talked about it, but um, Bill, this is your great example of pacing. This is where, like, whether it's Nate or he was counting. It, you can go watch that video and literally count the cadence between his reps. And in the, in the first grace, it's like three seconds. In the second grace, it's four seconds. But you literally, when you say four, he will pick up the bar. It's yep. the wildest thing to watch. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and he's so, he's always been so good. At that. And that's one of the things that I think, I mean, honestly, I mean, geez, you being his agent now, you should be able to answer to this question is, he's always had that like how do you grow up with that i mean unless that unless that's just your i mean everyone everyone has an awareness of their body and you know what they can do and whatever he just he steps into this sport and instantly has that he doesn't have to find that because i mean in the old days of crossfit it was i mean that's where pukey 
the clown came from was three, two, one, go. And it was like throttled oh, down yeah. all the way. <laughs> he was never, I never really saw him do throttle down all the way. It, he would go fast totally, but there was always a pace, always a pace, always a cadence. And I, I mean, one of the things that I would love that I have always loved about rich is if the volume is high, then he always breaks to small number right away. And so many athletes, like I, I use him as an example so much when I'm talking to athletes, like you do not need to do 30 of these unbroken. There's no reason to, because you got 60, you got to do, or you got 90, you got to do, or whatever. Mm -hmm. You can break these up and keep that, keep that needle down. And he, the fact that he did singles all the way through and wins it is unreal. The fact that I've seen him do, you know, when he's doing a hundred pull-ups and, and he's breaking every five yep. and everyone else is like, yeah, but I can do 50 unbroken. I'm going to go ahead and start <laughs> like, cool. with 50 because that's going to get me out there first. <laughs> and then they're sitting there with their hands on the, like he's always done that. And it's always been really impressive to watch that. Yeah. I, well, and I think it comes from, I think it comes from knowledge of the sport and being a great programmer himself. Chase, did my microphone fix? Yep. You're good. You sound you're fine. Good. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, he, he's he he is and i knew this before but i continue to be reminded that he is a fantastic programmer himself yes. and he knows the sport very well um but he also makes mistakes and and i think he learns by doing so they 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 do put in and by they i mean him and all of mayhem athlete put in a tremendous amount of volume but they have when i got here i was like hey why are there two competitor trains like what is what's the difference between what is rich doing and mayhem athlete and the answer is that what is Rich doing is actually what Rich did for these workouts, including the mistakes. <laughs> okay. And what Mayhem Athlete is, is the published workouts where he's like, this is what you should do. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, you know, they actually do sometimes mid-workout. They're like, oh, that probably should have been four rounds instead of six. Okay. Or, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever the changes may be. Um, so anyways, I think, I think a lot of that was, was earned knowledge. But Got it. Um, and yeah, yeah, but he honestly, was doing that way back in the day, yeah. you know I mean? Like that's yeah. something that he's always had. And it, it's, you know, some people are just naturally strong. I think he's just naturally is very aware of where he is, you know, and, and what his, what his tack needle is doing when he's, when he's doing his event, it's, it's impressive. Yeah. And I, I think the best in the sport, I remember Chan saying this at one point and it was early on, it was probably around 2014. And I, I disagreed with him at the time, but he's like, yeah, like these guys are turning CrossFit into an aerobic capacity workout or not an aerobic capacity because I wasn't a thing at the time it was it was a, they're turning it into an aerobic workout okay and I was like oh what do you mean by that and it was like it was he was like yeah every event is paced it's just who can pace it faster huh. and uh so I think all the all the greats in the sport are doing that I remember yeah. uh on the other side of the ball you've got Fraser who uh Matt O'Keefe has told me stories about like his early days at regionals he would just go bonkers and then you <laughs> yeah. know he realized he was like five movements ahead of everyone in a chipper and he looked, yeah. that's why he looks around so much he's like he has the capacity to go faster than everyone but yeah. then he realized wow i don't have to go that much faster than everyone Got i don't it. have a lot more staying that's power cool. for the long run yeah and i and i honestly think that for him what i think is so great about matt is that he i think he does push harder even if he doesn't necessarily need to he does he still races yeah. I mean, he's pacing, he's smart. He doesn't, I mean, he's always very aware of where everyone is. So he needs to know, he's always aware of how much faster do I need to go? Or can I sit down to chalk my hands up right now or whatever? But I, I like the fact that he always races. He always races. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, that's yeah, cool. It was, to it see. was hilarious to me. Like uh, uh, O'Keefe said, and this is the time when, <laughs> 
actually probably at this point in time still Matt Fraser when he first competed at regionals was still smoking cigarettes oh my gosh dude That's he awesome. he won competitions like in his early days and he's telling hilarious stories about like walking through the parking lot with a training buddy who like hated him for it. <laughs> he's like now in a piece of pizza in one hand, smoking a cigarette in the other hand, he's got the guy carrying his trophy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and anyways, back, back in those days, he said he was, he was, he was naturally good enough mm -hmm. to where he would just haul ass from the beginning until he was in front. And then he would just make sure he stayed in front. Wow. You know, so, but, but I think over time he probably has refined that too, yeah. to be like, if I start here, I'm going to get there before everyone else. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Crazy. Crazy. All right. So Rich wins thick and quick and double grace on the women's side in the finale. Thick and quick. It is Jen Jones. <clears throat> she wins that. And then Annie Thor's daughter wins double grace. And we have come to the end of the 2014 CrossFit Games. And after four days on the men's side, Rich wins his fourth in a row, 929 points or 25 points over Matt Fraser at 875, and then Jason Kalipa gets third. Rich got five event wins over the weekend. Camille LeBlanc-Bazinet, she slays her giant. She wins the 2014 games, one event win. Annie Thorsutter gets second. Julie Fouché gets third. Now, one thing we tend to do at the end is, you know, before we look at, you know, give our overview of the test, we... We do look at scoring system just uh, as a second part of this. They had one cut going into the final. They cut to the top 30. That had no effect on the overall after that. The scoring system changed again. <laughs> yeah. We still have that second, uh, that tiered down system, but it went 100 points down by fives till you get to sixth place, and then they dropped by twos from seventh to 63rd that's the first time they've done that and then had a third tier after that where they dropped by ones from 31st down so just to note there's a different scoring system this year it had no effect on the overall winner rich's average finish was 10.077 fraser's was 10.154 so you're talking about like 0.08 difference of event finishing. That's how close it was when you look at overall event finishes, even though there's a 50 point discrepancy. Mm -hmm. And that shows you the power of wins. You know, Rich yeah. had five event wins, Matt had one, but those five event wins over Matt are really what was, I mean, he won both either, either category, but that's how close it was when you look at uh, event finishings. On the women's side, Camille average finishing place was 7.9 with one event win. Annie Thorsauter was 9.3 with two event wins, and then Julie Fouché was 11.6. So a pretty big jump between the three of their, almost two finishing places between them. But the men's race was so close. Like I said, Rich 10.07, Matt 10.1. Jason was 10.2, so he was right there with them. But, you know, after four days, gosh, how many events? 13, 14? This was a, gosh, this was a great year. A great year of programming in terms of, Different tests, uniquenesses of tests. I feel like I'm a, there's a lot of short events, a lot of sub five ones now that I look at it. I want to say, how many are there? Seven? There's like seven different scored events that were under five minutes long. So this was a very fast year, even though they had longer ones interspliced within there too. You talk about the swim, um, triple threes, and those mid tier ones, 15 to 20 minutes were in there. But I feel like there was wow. a lot of high skill gymnastics this year. 
that's what I think is the 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 main thing about this year, and I, and and that's overall. I'm even in the regional level. I mean, the fact that we had the handstand walk, you know, the the fact that that knocked Sam Briggs out of making it back to the games. This I, it's 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 interesting to watch how the year goes by. You see the regionals, you see the open, you see the regionals, you see the games, and then everyone tries to improve on all the things that they've messed up on. And so, you know, like Ro, Ro you made the, the point of trying to get one up on Dave so that he, I don't get shocked again. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, at least uh, on a general population view, or even like some of like the high, the upper echelon athletes, not all, not the best of the best, but the upper echelon, they looked at what they messed up on. This was the year that everyone decided they had to become a, a, a gymnastic ninja. Hmm. Everyone was doing handstand walks. Everyone was up on yep. the bars. Everyone was in the rings. Everyone was putting up a lot of volume with those things. Whereas the year before, you know, or, or some of the other years, like when we talk about Josh, it was a power one. Yep. So everyone's trying to get stronger. And this is even in the CrossFit community, we talked about, are you a strength biased athlete? Are you a gymnastic biased athlete? Are you uh, uh, an aerobic capacity biased athlete? And those were out there. And I think that, you know, as, as these years were popping up like this, then it, then it again would kind of crunch itself into, well, I got to get good at all of these things mm -hmm. because that's what the test is. Um, I, I think this, that this year was a great test. I like all the stuff that was there. It was, it was, um, they had a grab bag of everything. I mean, it, oh, yeah. it was all there, but I do think that, I mean, we've never seen this many, high skill gymnastics at one no, time. No, we have not. I mean, all of them were there. All of them. Which is pretty impressive. Right. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I, man, I got to give it, I got to give it good grades though, all the way across the board in yeah. terms of high skill gymnastics. Yes. But also um, a lot of, a lot of heavy, albeit technical lifts as well. Totally aren't missing in that in that arena, and mm -hmm. then at least as memory serves, like well, that's not. I was going to say, you know, triple three might be some of the longest things, or one of the longest things at this point. I guess we had done Pendleton. Um, yeah, we had we had seen some pretty tremendously long events, but yeah, you, you did have a mix in there, um, and and it and it it played it, it rode that line of obviously like I think people appreciate this, but if they don't. You, you have some parameters that you have to work in, right? Because if we're being honest, and if you guys being the programming specialists here, like if you were really going to test fitness, like and totally nerd out on it and, mm -hmm. and actually crown like, hey, this is, this is the most comprehensive test you could do, it would probably be like a month long. And it would be, yeah. you know, it would be, yeah. who knows? I don't know, maybe 30, 40 tests. And um, you, you would put anything under the sun in there. But when you have to take into account that athletes are coming from all over the world, it's a televised event. Um, there's volunteers. It has to be spectator friendly, all that kind of stuff. And it does, you know, it, it's come to, we've come to find that it fits into like this, whatever, four to seven day window. Um, I think in, in terms of those parameters, this would, this was one of the best we'd ever seen. And then you lay on top of that, all the characters mm -hmm. um, that were in there, we were missing some, some critical elements, as you mentioned, like Sam Briggs, unfortunately wasn't there. Um, this was the year that, that would create Catcher and Davis' daughter's greatness, in my opinion. Right. Um, Kara had to drop out, so that's unfortunate. But, um, yeah, man, I think all, all of those things considered, yes, it, it did. It upped everyone's game in terms of gymnastics. Um, but I still th I think the balance was there. Oh, I'm not saying that the balance wasn't 
there. I'm I'm just like I like I like the programming. I think it's awesome. And, and to your point, if you're talking about you know thirty, you need to have thirty tests. I, I think that the way that the system was set up up to that point with the open, then you have the regionals, and then you have this. Like all of that is part of the test. You still have to yeah. qualify to get into this one. Um, so you do have you know upwards of twenty some tests oh, that you saying. have to accomplish. And if you look at the broad, if you look at all of that, you know, we have a lot of, um, you're going to have a lot more of the tests are going to, that are going to fill those holes. I just think that this particular year we had more high skill gymnastics than we had in the past because some of the other years yeah. it was like, you know, okay. So there was bar muscle ups. Okay. And maybe some pull-ups. So we have, I mean, it's there. But this year, you know, bar muscle ups, chest to bar pull ups. We have ring muscle ups. We have handstand walks. We have handstand push ups. Yeah. What other hand? What other gymnastic movement do we have? Mm -hmm. We hit them right. all. Right. But you're right. We did go heavy overhead. We did have a clean and jerk, uh, you know, sprint ladder. We did have those heavy overhead squats that we were lifting, and and you know, a a light moderate weight with the the deadlift and the clean and jerk and the snatch or the the cleans and the snatch you know so there's barbell cycling there i like the, the i think the program is great i'd be interested to see if i don't know if you're doing the little math up there chase if you're yeah that was watching yeah. you doing up um, there so he's got okay. his form uh that he checks the boxes with all that there it oh is. wow beautiful it's oh, a beautiful wow. thing yeah no but I, I, I really you. think i, I, I think you. it's a good overall you know i think it's good overall i just think that like that was interesting that's a big stand and, yeah for sure so i think that uh but i but i'm gonna i mean at the end, I'll give my two thumbs up when Chase allows me to give my two thumbs up. Oh yeah, but lay the lay the lay the sheet out, dude. Where does this stand? Uh, okay, so we use the level two. They just have it's a simple program analysis worksheet. So I didn't create this. This isn't like this some revolutionary um, way to look at it, but it is an objective way to look at um, the the overall programming. You look at you know weightlifting, gymnastics, monostructural. What were the numbers there? What were the differences? Were they all pushes? Were they all pull? Were they high skill? That that plays in the factor. Um, short, heavy, long in terms of time duration, volume of reps, couplets, singlets, uh, singles, triplets. Look at all these things. And when you when you look at the end, they had nine gymnastic movements, sixteen weightlifting, and five monostructural. So. The, the weightlifting will always be a little bit more because I feel like that's a broader category when you're talking about just moving an external object. The one thing we did have a lot of was a lot of odd object things. Odd object. Sled yeah. pulls, carries. Um, you know, you count those three different carries as three different movements. The, um, the sled pushes. Um, a, a lot of these unique movements that were, I think that was really cool. And that was the thing I liked the most about this year is that not only were the events really fun to watch but they were also very unique but yet very yeah. familiar tests with little twists and I, and I think that's where we saw the um the beauty of the Sorry sport to interrupt you uh oh but i've got a special guest oh please you like oh hey oh. man what up dude how's it going do I have to talk into this thing? Yeah, you do. do. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's how podcasts work. Uh, we're talking about the 2014 games. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of well, God, is, do we? Do you guys hey, have time hey, for this? Hey, we got yeah, time totally. for the champ, dude. You don't always, you don't have to always get Rich Froning walking. Yeah. Around, so top, um, what's the top and what's the bottom of that year, Rich? Uh, the number the one. Bottom, and, yeah. The top was definitely. I mean, obviously, the end of the weekend is always the top, but. Okay. Um, the swim. I mean, just coming back and actually yes. just showing the hard work that I've done in that. And then low was definitely. There was several lows. Um, triple threes was not good. <laughs> um, sled, sled push was really bad as well. Um, 
some of the highs, the complete surprise after the push pull being in the lead, had no idea yeah. kind of where points would be, how everybody else did. And then, um, I mean, obviously when it, everything's over, it's always a good, point. yeah, how, we were, how, uh, I was talking earlier about, um, fresh, uh, pretty yeah. fresh. So, Oh, in terms of memory, <laughs> well, yeah, in terms, there's been a lot of competing and a lot of, uh, a lot of handstand pushups since then. Totally. I think I have some CTE, but, um, the, uh, my kids, I James Hobart gifted us that on iTunes, the movie. Okay. So my kids love the movie. And oh, I'm like, that's no, really cool. Turn it off. Oh, I can't watch it. So I watch it pretty frequently, or I catch bits and pieces pretty frequently because they love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, a lot of, uh, you know, watching that definitely sparks some memories for sure. That's cool. I was saying earlier is my, my all-time favorite CrossFit Games moment as a spectator was you and Josh in push-pull. Yeah. Just, that was a good time. Uh, of all the, I mean, this is kind of putting you on the spot, but like of all the events in, in like heated battles you've been in at the games, like what, what is one of your favorite events or moments from the games? Yeah, I think honestly that, you know, anything that was at the tennis stadium at night um, was always a good time. Um, anytime, like, you know, those guys that I, that I competed with for so long, me and Josh were pretty good friends at mm-hmm. that point too. Um, and neither one of us was having a, particularly great weekend at that <laughs> point and both of us had a good event so uh it was that was a lot of fun yeah you know i was trying to catch him on that um but he ended up getting getting me at the last little bit but it was uh that was that's one that definitely sticks out um one of the chippers it was like a down and back chipper on a friday night i think oh it was, 13, was it maybe yeah the with the burpee muscle ups in the middle yeah yep. yeah that's that one sticks out in my head for some reason the legless at any of the nighttime yes. tennis stage just because i felt like you could really kind of showcase your fitness because it wasn't miserably hot most of the time it was yeah. kind of a comfort you know like felt like friday night lights took you back to you know high school sports and mm-hmm, stuff like totally. that so um anything at night was a ton of fun uh so yeah that was awesome. That's Kevin. awesome. Rory, That's Rory's awesome. back from his pee. I will, I'll, I'll <laughs> well, thanks for jumping on, man. <laughs> thanks, man. Good to see you. That was hey, great. We, has this been, did we've been talking for two hours. Yeah, we just passed the two-hour mark. Wow. Yeah. All right. I'm flies when you have fun. So dude. worth it. it. I told you it's going to be long, but, man, I, I wasn't going to cut any story short just because, <laughs> like I said, this is my favorite year. Roy, I know it was yours. Um, okay, so we'll, we'll get back to the numbers just a little bit. I think we finished with talking about weightlifting almost being – seven to eight more almost double than the other movements but that's that's to be expected you know gymnastics are isolated between you and just you yourself so any external load is considered weightlifting it was the odd objects that i loved the most um as twists on the program you know it wasn't regular thrusters it was kettlebell thrusters on the beach right it was uh, a light sled push that no one had used before it wasn't like uh heavy pull-ups it was a sled pull mixed with a handstand push-ups or a thicker rope and so all those little nuanced movements um the the test overall when you look at the numbers was fairly balanced all the gymnastics like we said before were very high skill which is different but it doesn't mean that's a bad thing it just what i saw with that was that that was one of the first times we saw dave analyzing what athletes were doing and then creating something that the test centered around what they weren't working on because coming off 2012 and 2013, everyone's like, Oh, I need to be stronger and I need to do more and more short, intense Metcons and, and pour on the volume. It's like, okay, we'll do that. I'm going to go 
30 plus minutes way. in two events and then do some high skill gymnastics that you probably haven't been working on and then throw in movements you've never heard before. So I thought that was really the cool thing we saw from Dave. So overall for me, it's all balanced. It looks good. I absolutely love the programming because it wasn't the programming. It was the spectators. It was the look and it was the stories. I can't remember the last time we had so many amazing stories woven throughout a competition weekend like we did in 2014. So two thumbs up for me. One of my favorite years. Obviously, I'm being a little bit biased towards the end. But again, 2014 was one of my favorite years and the programming was so great. Yeah, I, um, I'll agree, man. I, I enjoyed when I say that the high school gymnastic was there and, you know, that 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 there was more of that. It doesn't mean that I am bummed that it was there. I like the fact that it was there. It made it made watching the events so exciting. There was so the way that they were designed is it for so much drama and so much excitement in the races, which was really, really cool. And this, I think, was when. Dave was just really getting a hand, a handle of how do I make the test and the entertainment value? How do, how do I, how do I blend that correctly to make it work? And I, I mean, it, there's a couple little drops. I mean, like whatever the sled, the sled is the sled. I mean, you can only get so excited about pushing something up and down, <laughs> whatever. But I think overall there was so much excitement in each of the events and it still gave an appropriate test and it still had the tweaks on everything just enough to be like, okay, that's great. You work out in your gym, you do all these things. Let's see if you can do it with just this little tweak to it. And so I, two thumbs up for me, man. It was an awesome year. Awesome year. Turn the page. Awesome year. All right. Uh, I promised you that I would be less nerdy, right? <laughs> so mine is all, mine is more like uh, feelings based, I suppose, but um, really, uh, so, so from, yes, everything you said from a programming perspective, for me, it was some of the things that I've mentioned already, the, the characters in the sport, I, f I felt like in, in many ways, um, we reached, we had reached a precipice at this point, or it wasn't the pinnacle, certainly, because, uh, the sport still is ascending, but it was, uh, it was certainly the first, um, I don't know, the first summit that you, that we came to, in my opinion, mm -hmm. because we were making live television, we were professional storytellers, we had athletes who had superstar abilities, um, and, and literally were um, internationally famous at this point, um, enough so to make best selling documentaries and really capture the world's attention. I had people who were either loose acquaintances or close friends who were calling me who had never been exposed to CrossFit, who were like, Hey, I know you work for CrossFit. And then I saw you on TV. Um, this stuff's cool. really cool. And so I feel like, um, in, in all of those ways and, and like, yeah, to Bill's point from a viewership perspective, from being a, a fan's perspective, I think there was very little to not be super jazzed about. Like there was one or two events that were maybe a little bit mad, but still it was fun to watch because yeah. the characters involved in them and the storylines that were progressing the whole time. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that there was just so much stuff that all the hard work that had gone into the years before, felt like this was our one of our biggest shining moments uh in terms of of what the crossfit games is and, and had become at that point so um yeah that's that's a little bit more kind of ethereal but when you when you factor that into the fact that there's absolutely no way that anybody could poke holes in that and say this was not a comprehensive test of fitness agreed um, it was a massive win across the board yeah that was awesome totally. well shoot man roy dude thanks for jumping on i love that we actually talked for over two hours for this but 
I mean, it's I, I like I looked at the clock and I was like, something's yeah, something, that's not right. Like because uh, it doesn't it went feel by like fast. It. You know, love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life, Chase. That's what they say. It's what so they say. However, I'm still waiting for that to ring true. <laughs> but uh, no, this was awesome, man. Like the time flew by again. I, I felt like we can talk two more hours. Just start telling stories with a. You know, the old like war stories around the table with a beer in your hand. We got a thousand more down the road and we will have some down the road. So, Roy, again, thank you for coming on with us. I really do you, uh, appreciate you taking the time. I'm so excited that you're on board with our um, round robin bracket style event that we're going to uh, throw down in a yeah, couple weeks. On. Um, probably do it after the 2020 games to see if uh, all that unfolds and takes place and we have a, a few new challengers in the mix. So we will see. But that will do it for the 2014 CrossFit Games. Thumbs up across the board. Roy, again, thank you for joining us. Bill, a pleasure as always. My and friend, uh, we hope you guys thank enjoy. You oh, thank you, Rich, for the uh, impromptu uh, little celebrity <laughs> hop on. So <laughs> a little drop in. A little drop in. So, all right, that'll do it for 2014. Next up, 2015. Start doing your homework because you know we will. <laughs>